Tune in to the Neil Prenderville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Seeing an awful lot of chatter over the weekend and even again this morning to our own feeds with regards to fuel prices. And they say that whatever you're paying now, it's destined to get even higher. Front of the mail today says even higher fuel prices are on the way. We got a post on Facebook this morning asking for the dearest and the cheapest petrol available across Cork City and County. If you'd like to contribute to that on Facebook, please do so or text 0868104106. But motorists could face even higher petrol prices after the United States has pushed for a total ban on Russian oil imports last night. Um, so we'll have to scurry and scramble scramble to get fuel elsewhere. And obviously, you're going to end up paying uh, the price for it. Uh, the Mail this morning has a, a couple of photographs of different petrol stations across Dublin. One uh, selling diesel for uh, 2.08, which is uh, 2.08 euro cent and selling unleaded for €2.06. Euro cent. Other ones then for uh, €2.03 and, and what have you. Uh, you're going to get €2 on lease side. It probably has gone up overnight because it seems to go up overnight. In fact, one of the stories this morning is asking whether or not petrol retailers are profiteering from fuel increases. I used to think, I used, thought it used to be the way that petrol prices only went up from the next lorry fill, you know, the next, tank, next tanker that arrived on the forecourt. That's when the price actually changes per per litre in the old days per gallon. Uh, but it seems to be changing by the hour now. And it's kind of weird. I, I don't know how that works with regards to when petrol stations or, you know, the likes of the petrol retailers actually pay for their fuel. Uh, but they're saying that it will cost... It's hard, to, it's hard to say what the average fill of a car is because it depends on the car and the size and the engine or what have you. But they're saying that on an, an average basis now... Uh, many cars will will spend a hundred and will spend a hundred and twenty three euro to full your fill your car now. So upwards of uh, two euro eight uh, for diesel in parts of the country. I wonder what is and two euro six and seven in places uh, for pe- for petrol. But I'd love to know what it's like on lease side. So text on that oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Another story in the mail is a chain of off licenses called Malloy, the Malloy Group. They've taken all Russian alcohol off their shelves, and that would include Russian beer uh, and Russian vodka. So they're saying no uh, to Russian produce. Uh, and uh, when they're asked with regards to what did you do with it, and they said, and this is a quote, we poured it down the drain. Uh, papers are also talking this morning, like the Mirror, saying that farmers are being told to plant more because of food fears and shortages, not just for humans, but also for livestock, apparently. Food and animal feed is going to become an issue. Um, It's unfortunate, isn't it, that we stopped growing things ourselves all those years ago and imported everything, including sugar. God knows there was a time when we were well known as a country for the growing and the production of beet. And now they're asking the farmers to plant more. Papers also today talk of uh, the um, the casualties of war. And many of the front pages have uh, civilians and some of them children. Uh, graphic photographs and, of course, videos online of residents running for their lives. Um, and in one case, eight people, including two children, killed yesterday by Russian troops targeting their escape. Clearly, somebody had to pick up a gun, aim it at family members um, and civilians and children and pull the trigger. Uh, So the front page in this morning's mirror, uh, killed as they fled, kids among the dead as Russians flout the ceasefire and open fire on a bus. Can you believe it? Front page of the Sun today says that there'll be 100,000 refugees expected in Ireland. Putin's massacre of the innocents. Uh, as they fled, running for their lives, literally. In some of the photographs this morning, you have a mother holding the hand of a young child, both of them hysterical, crying. A bit like the shots, the photographs that we used to get after the uh, napalm attacks in, in Vietnam. But the figure is put at 1.5 million now uh, with regards to the amount of Ukrainians 
who have uh, left Ukraine and much of them flooding across the Polish border. They say it's the worst refugee crisis since World War II. And here we're preparing to take upwards of 100,000 of them. It's a lovely story in the echo of uh, students uh, from St. Mary's Secondary School in Charleville. They collected 30 pallets of emergency supplies to help the humanitarian efforts in Ukraine. And sometimes a photograph can really do justice to a story when you stand by, as the students did, the pallets and pallets that they actually collected 33 pallets of them in total right across like something like a 48 hour period uh, in other news this morning you had you heard it in the news there at 9 o'clock a 34 year old man's been granted bail he's been charged with the connection with a, a corrosive fluid attack on a house in Balafihan a fellow called John Paul Carey from uh, Knocknaheeny charged with assaulting uh, Francis Costello at a house on Connolly Road. So that's a story that makes this morning's echo. But it made the Sunday World, who went a bit further on this, saying that three innocent brothers were the victims of this suspected acid attack. I don't know where one would get acid to do something like this, but uh, they were targeted allegedly by a thug who was furious over the breakup of a relationship with a woman, apparently. And the, and the Sunday World said the suspect forced his way into their home and launched the sickening attack after coming to believe that one of the brothers has been spending time, spending time with his with his former partner. The lovely story that we had on air was picked up by Olivia Kelleher and made the red tops over the weekend and indeed the, the mirror. And that's the story of Glenn Carney, the 41-year-old, who with his himself and his little dog, Sandy, uh, featured on this program on Friday. Um, and he wrote copybook after copybook after copybook of thank you notes and kept all of the receipts for food that he bought for himself and his dog from people who gave money to him on the streets, of course. Beautiful story, lovely photograph of uh, Glenn with uh, Sandy on the uh, inside pages of the Mirror today. And uh, also, you know, you talk about gouging prices. The Independent today is talking about St. Patrick's Day weekend. Of course, two years of it was online, sorry, virtual. Um, So this is the first real one, if you like, in a couple of weeks' time. So after two years of virtual St. Patrick's Day celebrations, um, we're going to have one of the biggest celebrations in a long, long time and an extended bank holiday because of it, of course. One of the big issues, though, is that hotel prices have gone through the roof, particularly in Dublin and Galway. Um, Loathe, though I am to admit it, apparently Dublin and Galway are the two most popular cities with regards to partying or celebrating um, right across the year, but in particular for St. Patrick's. We need to get back up there, actually, uh, Cork as a city. So two people to stay in Jury's Inn in Christchurch from March 17th to 19th will pay €1,080. They say that accommodation in Cork and Belfast is almost half the price of Dublin and Galway, but Dublin and Galway appear to be the most in demand, and hotels are charging accordingly. So who can charge for two nights, that is, for two nights, €1,080? I mean, it's a nice hotel, uh, but come on, give me a break. And the chaotic rush of passports hasn't gone away. Apparently now the passport office are having technical issues with their system in recent weeks. And that's making matters even worse. Actually, we haven't dealt with passports on this program uh, for a few weeks now, but apparently it's gone from bad to worse. And according to the Irish Times, many, many landlords are leaving the housing market. And that, in turn, is rising the problems with regards to family homelessness. I guess there's no one reason why landlords are bailing out I suppose you could think of two straight away, the high tax that they pay on the rent. And secondly, at this stage, it's probably a good time to sell your property because you'll get top dollar for it. And another thing that uh, people are not... I don't know whether this is happening in Dublin, but you know the movie Batman? Apparently, for some reason, particularly in the in the IMAX screens, and this is a Dublin story, so I'll have to check and see if it's happening uh, down in Maham Point. They're charging €3 Euro more to see the new Batman film. 
I don't know why. Maybe somebody does. And do you ever have problems trying to open jars? I know I do. And sometimes I have to get a knife or a sharp knife and just dig a hole in the top of the lid to let the air out so I can open the damn thing. Other people are saying, oh, you need to use warm water, run it under warm water. Well, the Mirror this morning gives the top handy tips for getting the lid off. And apparently, the number one tip is not digging and stabbing a hole in the lid or running it under hot water. It's putting on a pair of dry rubber gloves and away you go. After that, it's running the lid under the hot tap for 30 seconds. And after that, it's the good old tea towel to grip the lid. Um... (laughs) Tapping the lid against the t- countertop a few times as well. Um, but be very careful. You don't want to take a chunk out of your granite. And you certainly don't want to smash the glass. But anyway, as the world moves at a faster and faster pace, the Chinese have now come up with a, a charger that will fully charge your phone in nine minutes. <laughs> nine minutes from zero to hero. I love that one. And there's a super article in the Echo today with regards to things related to phones and what have you. It's the stuff that's left behind on buses. It's a double pager in the Echo today. Back in the day, it used to just be umbrellas. Not many people carry umbrellas anymore now, uh, but it used to be umbrellas left on buses. Now it is iPhones um, and it is, uh, there's a full list of them. So it could be anything from the old battered Nokia right up to the new iPhone, but also wireless earbuds, wallets, vapes, watches, reading glasses, prescription glasses, sunglasses, handbags, fobs, lanyards, keys, leap cards, bank cards, free travel cards, a crutch is on the table in one of the photographs in the Echo today. Hats, scarves, gloves, uh, large suitcases, musical instruments. Some geezer left a ukulele on the bus. As if that wasn't enough, somebody left a bicycle on the bus. <laughs> How do you forget your bicycle? <laughs> somebody else left a snake. The Neil Prenderville Show. Let's get us see if we can get a fix on petrol and diesel prices, shall we, lads? So text me, text 0868104106. What's going up on the forecourt with regards to price increases? It seems to happen couple of times an hour. I mean, uh, I can just mention, I don't know if this is any help to anybody, but on Friday, Jamie was doing a report for news and I got chatting with him afterwards and he was visiting petrol station. Now, bear in mind now, this was last Friday afternoon uh, and he was checking out some of the petrol stations that used to be quite cheap that aren't anymore. But he did mention that on the Model Farm Road at Lee Garage, this is Friday afternoon, unleaded was 183. So I rolled over there and got a fill. Well, I got about 60 euro. I should have probably filled up. It was close enough to full for 183. I drove down the Douglas Road heading home and it was 198. It might even have been 198.9. So there's a difference there of 16 or 17 cent. But that was Friday afternoon. That could have all changed since then. But we're certainly very close to two euro, if not past it. So can you text, please? Text 0868104106. We're looking for the dearest and the cheapest uh, fuel prices uh, on Leeside, right across the city and the county. But just before we go to calls, if you don't mind, um, I want to go to calls in a few minutes' time, but just ahead of that, I was looking re- at the weekend, and this has possibly changed as well, with regards to the companies that have now pulled out of Russia in the last week. And I imagine it's probably out of date. Others probably have joined. I heard this morning about Netflix and TikTok shutting down any access in Russia to their services. So they join. What began with the swift digital system for financial institutions uh, to talk to each other, Russia has been kicked out of that. Microsoft has pulled out of Russia. I'm quite sure that Shell and BP have exit policies if they haven't done so already. They may well done. Apple have halted product sales right across Russia. Dell have suspended uh, product sales. Uh, Even in the electronic arts world now, things like FIFA 2022 and Battlefield, 
they're stopped, they've stopped selling content, games and all sorts of things like that, not just to Russia, but also to Belarus. Sainsbury's have taken all products that are 100% sourced from Russia off their shelves, including Russian vodka. Mango have closed all of their stores and they've got over 800 people employed in Russia. IKEA has closed all of their stores across Russia. H&M, Burberry, Hermes, Nike has stopped taking online orders from Russia. Netflix, as I mentioned, Airbnb has suspended all operations in Russia and Belarus. And can I just mention, Pat Phelan was tweeting at the weekend that what's happening now is some people are starting to book Airbnb in Ukrainian cities and paying for them, but not traveling, obviously, just to pump money through Airbnb into the Ukraine economy. It's a nice touch. Spotify has closed its Russian offices and, and uh, removed all state-backed media content from Spotify. Mercedes, Mercedes has, has halted the sale of cars and vans. So that'll hurt the oligarchs, won't it? Mercedes, Harley Davidson has stopped shipment of motorcycles to Russia. A BMW, Airbus, Boeing. Three of the brands that have been left to make a call on now, and it may well have happened over the weekend, I don't know. But some of the largest brands yet to stop doing business in the country of Russia include McDonald's, Coca-Cola and Pepsi. And some people are beginning to ask why. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 Okay, let's get straight to the phone lines because I want to chat with Paddy, the driver of the big, huge Arctic that's traveling across Europe all the way to the Ukraine border. And hopefully it's a clear line and we can find out exactly how he's been getting on. And there's a second truck gone with him. Uh, I just also want to mention you can follow uh, through the Track and Trace app. And I'll tell you more about that. Maybe you're already watching across the weekend. Paddy, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? There's a slight time delay, so we'll, we'll, we'll muddle along through that. How's it going? Where are you now? Not too bad, just passing Cologne now in Germany. Wow, you're making fierce headway. So on, on Saturday morning, you headed from Cork to Ross Lair. Pick up the story from there. Uh, we got the 6 o'clock ferry out of Ross Lair to Le Havre in France. Uh, we disembarked about half three in the afternoon from that ferry, and then we drove to the German border last night. How long night was the ferry run? Washington. How long was the ferry run? Um... 19 or 20 hour crossing Crikey It's a long crossing isn't it? Do you you know when you get to France then do you have to go through some sort of security do they want to know what was in the truck where it was going things like that? Uh, It can happen but not necessarily my my two are running behind me with their van and trailer Yeah and last last night now they got a customs check in Germany Uh, well I know it's a Belgium or Germany Yeah but I'm close to, close to the border but they, they never looked at us but they stopped the two boys and uh, yeah, it was just a general check of what they're doing and where were we going and stuff like that you know and they, they didn't delay, delay them only five minutes nice one so from France through what was the next country? Uh, Belgium into Belgium and uh, then up through all through Liège and Belgium into Germany and we're in Germany at the moment now okay. heading for Poland and what do you do for stops then and breaks and food and things both both you and the van with the trailer? Well, services, good services, and there's truck stops in Germany, so we'll stay in a truck stop now tonight somewhere. But the two lads, my two boys behind me, they have a van full, you couldn't put a box of matches into it, so they have no sleepy accommodation. In the truck, we have bunks. So what do the lads do so to get a bit of kip then? They, they got a hotel last night, they were lucky, so 
they stay in the hotel because they have no place to sleep because the, the van is totally full. It's totally you know? full to the gills. Would you think there are many yeah. other Arctics like yours travelling across Russia, travelling across Europe to bring aid to Ukraine? Well, I've met a few guys that are en route, yeah. I'm not too sure. I think Virginia Transport has one. I think Henrik's there up in... I'm not too sure Kildare somewhere has one. There is a few, but I haven't met any personally as yet. Only just word of yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you have to do you have to switch drivers then? I think you have a who's driving with you? You you share the drive. Yeah, I have Tomas who is from Balavoni here with me, and uh, he's on the wheel at the moment. Actually, he started driving this morning because uh, he didn't start until today because of tachograph rules and, and, and stuff and like that. And under the tachograph so, rules, then how long can you drive each before you need to switch? Well, on a normal day, if I was on my own, we can do nine hours driving. But with the two drivers, we can double that. Fantastic. So we can do eight hours now today. Um, we're planning now on doing about 1,200 kilometers today. Okay, okay. So uh, ac- across G- Germany, you're exactly where? Did you say Cologne, is it? Cologne, yeah. we just gone past Cologne there now. I can actually see you and on the track and trace map right now. I can see both of oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is the van, is the van ahead of you? The van is right behind me, but we're parting company now because they have a very urgent pallet of medical supplies, a pallet on the van, and they need it in Warsaw. Really? So what, what does that mean? They're going to go faster or go to a different route? No, different, different. They'll be hitting up for Hanover um, and across into Warsaw, Berlin, uh, Frankfurt order. They'll be crossing into Poland and a different border to us. It's amazing but, to be uh, able to watch your progress live. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, it's, uh, so when we split, now they'll drop their pallet tomorrow morning in Warsaw. We're heading down towards the Ukrainian border, but then they have stuff for where we are going also, so we'll link up again tomorrow. Sounds like the medical aid that they have going to Warsaw is to help refugees as a party. I would think so, yeah. But uh, they must have some reason for taking it to Warsaw. I don't know, have the other transport or something there? Or I don't know what, but they need them to go to Warsaw with it. Okay, okay. So, so you've got about 1,400 kilometers to the border, um, but you won't make it today. Well, we don't plan to because we could make it tonight with the two drivers, but there's no point in arriving in at two in the morning, no. three in the morning, nothing no. happening except Haskell maybe looking for parking. Yeah. We're not sure what the situation on the ground is. Yeah, yeah. So you and certainly uh, will get there at some stage, to late, maybe late tomorrow morning, mid-morning kind of thing. Around midday is what we're planning tomorrow. Right, okay. And Because wh- at the moment we're, we're in contact with a guy here, Tom, now, just Kevin, my son, is dealing with mostly, but Tom is dealing with the Ukrainian embassy. And they're working out where to offload us and when to offload us. So you have someone to meet you there when you arrive. It's a massive cargo, like. Oh, yeah. We're, you couldn't put a box of matches into our trailer. It's incredible. Pull yeah. Roof. yeah. Even yeah. calling it a trailer underestimates the size and the content, doesn't it? It's huge. Yeah. Well, it's a regular truck for me, like, but the, the, the load <laughs> is... <laughs> Up to the roof. <laughs> it uh, certainly is a regular load for you because you've been doing it all your life. In fairness to you, and then yeah. after you out, after you've unloaded, will you rest? No, we uh, we're we're picking up uh, another load around Dresden, somewhere in Germany, and back back to Ireland. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Don't waste the, don't waste the return trip. I can't wait to get my elbows up on the bar and balancing in the Shannon. Have a point. <laughs> 
Well, you certainly have deserved that point. You certainly have. Yeah. Um, what's, the we- what's, the, what's the weather like going across Europe? Is there any snow, wind, rain? No, very lucky so far. Lovely sunny day. Cold. It's about zero degrees, but lovely. Great day for driving. And what speed are you limited at? 90 kilometres is our maximum limit. But in Germany, the autobahns in Germany are very strict as regards HGV. So it's down a lot to 80 kilometres and no overtaking and all that kind of stuff you know? I always thought that the autobahn had no speed limit is that just for cars maybe <laughs> just just for cars yeah ok ok well listen stay yeah. safe and everybody can follow and track you on the track and trace app either through Red FM or directly at trackandtrace.ie it's fabulous to be able to see the two of you I'd be interested to see yeah. now when the lads in the van with the trailer take a turn away from you when will that happen well, in the next five to ten minutes. Get away. That's going to be amazing to see them head one way and yeah. you head the other. All right. They'll well, be heading towards uh, Hanover. I'll be going on for Castle. So. Okay. Well, I might annoy you again just before midday to see how you're getting on, all right? No bother. Okay. Then. Fair play to your party. Safe driving Thanks, and well yeah. done for everything you're doing so far. So good. Cheers, pal. No bother. Tomas says <sighs> goodbye as well. Okay. Sorry. My apologies. Okay. You and Tomas and your co-driver. So I get all of the proper names because there's two different... Um, there's two different expeditions so if I get all the names of all of the drivers I'll give them all proper shout outs um, I also heard at the weekend that Katrina Toomey from Penny Dinners is heading to Ukraine tomorrow not as part or under the umbrella or flying the flag of, of Penny Dinners but with a group of people from the north side by all accounts she joins me by phone uh, line 6 Katrina good morning morning Neil isn't, isn't it amazing to you know watch and to listen to all of that oh. me- much of it medical aid and clothing and warm clothing and absolutely and just listen to Polly there you know to just bring the kind of clear home to us now you know they would be used to those long treks some of the lads that are going with us are like you know but for the rest of us like it's going to be quite long but we have you know we've sat down and we've all been briefed on what to, what to expect why are you going Katrina why, go. are you, why are you going because my mother my mother years ago went to Bosnia and she must have went out and oh my god we lost cost how many times she went you know and she was great for taking up medicines and stuff that children needed and herself and her friend Sandra would just toddle off and off they'd be gone again they'd be no sooner home collecting and back out again and um, <laughs> you know like lots of people would say I suppose my dad was in the army but yeah. like she was like do you know the other fella uh, she would be the adventurer do you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, the uh, apple doesn't yeah, fall far from the tree when it comes to your dad and your mam, of course, with regards you know, to... So, some, somebody was describing her, or she was, she liked the James Bond of the family, which, uh, no, Indiana Jones is a little bit wilder than that. <laughs> so there's a bit of Indiana Jones in you as well, then. Uh, well, you know, I said, like, <laughs> I just want to go for her, you know, because I know she would love me to do this. And uh, she never saw any fear in anything, and so we kind of. And I'm, you know, I'm a bit more realistic than what she was. She'd go out and face anybody, and um, so you know, we we just knuckled down. Dan Kearns and Chris O'Donnell from from Dan and Chris from Cork City Missing Persons Search and Recovery. They're friends, and they were chatting. They rang me, and I said, "I'll go." It, it just came to it came out of my mouth before I knew what I was saying, but I said, "I'll go," and um, so. Chris is kind of the head of 
operations now, we'll call him to some the logistics manager. He's called everything and anything at the moment, <laughs> like we'll be given <laughs> what are you bring what are you bringing with okay. you the group? We're we're very concentrated on what we're bringing with us, like we're bringing medical aid, both like first aid medical aid and hospital medical aid, because we've been told uh, you know, about the field hospitals, etc. there. Now, we did link up with the Redemptorists here in Cork, Jerry O'Connor, and um, people might have heard of La Scala and things like that. So um, we got on to Jerry, who got on to the Redemptorists in Ukraine. So they're going to meet us. So what we're going to do is just what Paulie did. We're going down to Rosslare, but we're going up to Cherbourg. So we're coming down to Belgium across the German... the across Germany and into Poland and we're heading for a place called Tarnow yeah. and a town in there called Tushev and the Redemptorists are going to meet us there and we're going on in with the Redemptorists. And the aid that you're bringing? We're bringing, as I said, two types of medical aid, hospital and, and first aid. Wow, where did you get it all? People just donated it to us and we're bringing, um, we're bringing warm clothing for people and a lot of stuff for babies like you know those warm fleecy um, baby grows and um, you know thermal vests for children thermal socks and we have um, shoes and, and things like that for them and we're also bringing food and um, like things we have like flash lamps we have power banks we have batteries and um, a vast amount of stuff anyway so we have the, the Bishop Finton Gavin gave us the North Cathedral with Father John above and um, they we have the visitor centre up there which is huge and uh, it's at the side of the church you go down under and it's beautiful so we have all that and a huge amount of I suppose our families, friends and all the parishioners around are coming to help out and sort and to get things ready so they're flying at us. And um, well done. A, a great job is being done. But we have five vans going out and they're huge vans. They're not the, 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 the small vans at all. These are huge. Like So we reckon we're taking about 13 or 14 tonne of aid with us. Wow. And we know that we're going to... What we do then is when we get to Tushef and we go off with the Redemptorists, when we unload, we're coming back out and we're going in to something like maybe some shop out there like Little or Aldi and we're going to fill up with food and we're going to take that in because um, Chris got word during the night that there's um, they're starving in certain parts of it. There's no food aid after going into certain parts of it for over a week and they're literally starving. So we're going to fill up and we're going to try and get it to those places uh, or as near enough to the places where they're those reports are coming in. I just can't help but think uh, that, you know, if people are starving and there's voluntary food going in, why aren't countries sending food? Maybe they are. You know, I would, like you can see, like he's taking a big, you know, Arctic going out, like, and they're huge, and you can imagine the amount of stuff that's inside and that, but there's so many people, and there's, you know, men, women, and children, and, you know, we reckon, like, we're going to take little bags with us along the road, like, where we might have them, you know, a protein bar, uh, you know, a Mars bar, and even a sachet of hock up or something, because just to give them something to get them, you know, because, you know, they have to walk kilometres, miles and miles and miles of it, like, so, and that's going to be very, very tough, so we reckon we'll take those out the front and just hand them out to them, you know, just to have something inside them, and uh, to keep them going, but we're focused on getting into where we're going, 
and then we're going to take it from there. We're going to meet a few people on the ground that we know are already out there. But the Redemptorists, there's, they've identified 15 locations for us to look after. And that's where we're going to go. So you're actually going into Ukraine? We are. Yeah, we as are. opposed to, to a Ukraine-Polish border or anything? Yeah. yeah. Will and you be safe, do you think? Well, the Redemptorists said we'd be safe, and I'm sure they wouldn't be telling us otherwise if we weren't. So we'll be safe. And we have to bear in mind that we're suffering out there. You know, we're all watching this on the news and we're all looking at it. And if nobody wants this, nobody wants to see a woman and her children trudging along the road trying to get to a safe yeah, place. I know, you know? I know. They went from they went from being normal, like in school and going about their daily business working and, you know, coming home, dinner, sleep and the whole lot to their home to being out on the streets walking to safe centres, which is very, very Oh, we, we couldn't even begin to think about it. Oh, sure. But I suppose mm-hmm. it's something that we all need to bear in mind at the minute. Um, you know, if things go awry, and, and you know, for for the world, God only knows what's going to happen to any of us. So we're all mindful of the fact like, that there's huge human suffering. And, you know, we support lots of other places as well. And, and like, for me, this is a, I won't say personal journey, because that sounds kind of too, but it is very personal to me because it's something that I would have wanted to do, you know, all my life, I yeah, suppose, something yeah. something like that because there was, there's so many wars and well, I've always sent stuff to places like this will probably be no, I did go to Master and split some places like that with my mother, all right, one time and um, she'd scared the living daylights out of anyone, like, so <laughs> we left a corner on with Sandra like the two ladies out there, you think butter wouldn't melt, but they they were kind of fearless in their the own way. Dealers, yeah, but, yeah, oh, yeah, they were, yeah, yeah. They were. but you know, like everybody that's going out is focused. We had one of our lads, he's um, Portuguese, he's with Cox City Muslim Persons, and he flew to Portugal Friday, and he had because his passport was out, but you have to get a national ID card before you can renew your passport in Portugal, and by early the next morning. Um, he had both the national ID card, which he had to get first, and then his passport, and he flew straight back to Dublin. So and then he could travel. So he could travel with. Yeah. So he could us, yeah. Right. And um, we got we got onto Michael McGrath then as well because we had to get onto somebody, you know, just to see could we pull out all the stops to get him with us because he would be invaluable to us. Yeah. And we did, and he came home and he's very tired, so he's he's resting up. But like that, no, like what Paulie has, we have like drivers in all the vans going so we'll share the driving all the way down it would be so great to perhaps stay in touch with you without annoying you but it would be good to stay in touch over the next few days yeah. see how it's going for I, you okay. I, think, I think so as well because yeah. you know like, I, I, like a lot of people have said well if you can go I can go yeah, <laughs> yeah, alright yeah. which is brilliant because you know if we don't bring it to them they can't come and get us it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, it's as simple as that. It's as, and like, if you see all the stuff, like, come up to the cathedral and you see the hard work that they're all doing up there, like, there's, you know, women and men on their knees. Actually, why do we, why, you know, we could probably do that when we get off the air today. Maybe Seamus could pop up, pop, pop up for a look and exactly. just do a little bit of a, just, little bit of a walk around. Would that be okay? Just see what he's doing and, and the way stuff is coming into us and everybody giving it to us has tears in their eyes because no one, once more, and no one can look at the children, or at the women, or at the men, or at the elderly suffering like they are. Okay. And it, people okay. are just coming out in full. And we're going to go back. You know, that's our plan. We haven't even got there yet. But um, 
the plan is like that um, there'll be others no one to go like so when we come back we'll be able to give them our rules, our information, what to look for, what not to look for, what to avoid, etc. We'll be able to give them all the tips and send them out as well. Okay. I know Chris, Chris and Dan will definitely go back because they're like superheroes, like and, and okay. the lads, like Philippe and Dave Arian and and those guys, David Shine. They're all gone out and they're all kind of very solid and good at what they do. And okay. we have somebody that speaks Polish and Russian, so that's important too that we have somebody that can speak the languages okay well listen we'll stay in touch over the next few days for sure we will and get up to the North Cathedral when we get off the air today but uh, stay safe Uh, Katrina Toomey a woman as always with a mission back after the break I want to chat with Ronan Ronan from from Smart Tech because the war is being fought on a lot of different levels and certainly in the online sphere as well and more on that and lots more besides after the break this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show (laughs) at Neil Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, Ronan Murphy is with Smart Tech. Ronan, sorry for holding you so long. It's just a busy morning this morning. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you fine, Neil. Good morning. Thank you. I, I know that there's an awful lot happening. I went through a list earlier on of uh, companies that have pulled out of Russia this week, and some of them are, you know, your your Ikeas and your H&Ms and your Burberrys and Nike and Sainsbury and stuff like that. But a lot of it is to do with tech, like the likes of Apple and, and Dell and, you know, I see... FIFA 2022 and Battlefield that I believe they can't even play those games there we know of all of the uh, cars and playing companies that are pulled out but Netflix now and Spotify as well I mean it's really ratcheting up isn't it? It, it is it is Neil and look a bit like your last li- listener what I, or your last um, guest what I would say is I mean this this is an it, it's deeply personal to me as well because I have staff in the Ukraine and I have staff who have now downed their keyboards and they've replaced them for machine guns and they're on the front line yeah. in Kiev. So it's a, it's an incredibly distressing situation for everybody. And I also have a lot of Russian staff and I would, I would describe their mood as they are embarrassed, they're mortified. I don't believe for a second this is Russia's war. This is very much um, Putin's war, you know. Um, are you talking about Russian staff that you have in Russia or here? No, Russian staff I have in Cork and in Dublin. And it's an incredibly difficult time for those guys. And they work with a lot of my Ukrainian staff. So you can imagine it's, um, it's, it's, they're embarrassed. Um, so, I mean, the, the Russian people, I have great time for the Russian people. I mean, they're lovely people. They, um, I, I, in a lot, they have a lot of similarities, in my view, to, the, to Irish people. Um, so, I mean, this is Putin's war, you know, have, make no mistakes about that. And I, I do believe even a lot of the Russian soldiers on the front line mm. have no clue of why they're there and some of the video footage of captured Do you think Russian, yeah, yeah, all the captured soldiers crying and drinking soup, is it? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Yeah. And do you think that, that you say that your Russian staff here are mortified? Would, would you say, that, do they say the same about Russians in Russia? Are they mortified? Yeah, but they're afraid. I mean, there's three and a half thousand people being sent to prison and being sent to gulags. And, you know, this is a, be, be under no illusion, this is a dictatorship. It's a totalitarian regime. Um, he rules with a, a brutal um, style of leadership. And the Iron Curtain is closing down on the people of Russia. I feel desperately sorry for them, as they do, obviously, as the, the, the people of Ukraine as well. But um, I, the, Russian, the Russian people are victims here as well. Can I just ask you, because, you know, this Russian Z symbol, um, what's, that, what's that all about? It's a, it's a bit like being used, like the swastika was used in World War II, isn't it? Yeah, look, so there's, there's, a, couple of, um, there's a couple of attacks happening, right, that people are witnessing, right? Number one is 
you're watching the ground invasion and the shelling and the bombing of Ukraine. And it's incredibly difficult to take your gaze away from that, right? But you also have a cyber war which is being fought in parallel. And that is, um, that's a scary, that's, that's going to present a very scary scenario over the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months for the rest of the world. And then you've got the third and a very destructive stream as well, which is propaganda and fake news. And we've seen that raising its head very successfully for Russia with, with Brexit and with the Trump election and in other parts of the world where they've... Manipulating the online information, is it? manipulation of online information, hacking of Hillary Clinton's email accounts, um, creating fake news, um, targeting people on Facebook and on Twitter and using trolls to further their agenda. And ultimately, I mean, if you look at Putin, it's with the view to the stabilisation of Europe. They They did it very successfully with Brexit and they played a very substantial part in the in the fake news campaign that was run throughout Brexit and the targeting of the voters. That's different to cyber warfare. That's propaganda using digital means. But I do believe over the over the coming weeks and months we will see more of that. We will see more of the Russian um, cyber criminals trying to dis- destabilize Europe with both cyber attacks and with fake news. Mm. You know the fake news aspect of this because uh, I, I did hear this morning on the BBC that they are employing influencers in Russia now uh, to distribute their fake news agenda. Mind you, the Russians say that about the rest of the world, that we're the ones engaging in the fake news, so that they're paying people. I also saw that shocking behaviour of um, um, uh, terminally ill Russian children lining up some kind of a stunt that they pulled, the Kremlin pulled, Russia's terminally ill children lining up with the letter Z. Um, you know, they, they, they have these staged events. Is that right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, Putin is blatantly lying to his own people now, as blatant as Goebbels was lying to the German people in 1940. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's shocking to see. Now, the only thing I would say is, look, the Russian people are a sophisticated, relatively peaceful nation, I would say. Um, this is Putin's war. This is a dictatorship. Um, they, they are trying to protest. There's, I think there was three and a half thousand arrested in the last week. So, I mean, I feel, I feel desperately sorry for the Russian people. Um, it's difficult to know how they're going to get out of this. But, I mean, the Iron Curtain is closing around them. The uh, economy is crashing. The sanctions are going to bite incredibly hard over the, over the coming time. How are they, they going to hurt anybody apart from what we call oligarchs? Who's who? The, 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 the sanctions, the, like 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 what's what is an oligarch? Are they the characters who made huge money ripping off oil and steel? Was it? They're the guys that raped and pillage um, by taking all of the natural energy resources and commercialising them and exporting them on the back of the Russian people. And you have a handful of people who made uh, incredible sums of money uh, through that uh, raping and pillaging. Yeah. And they're the guys that Putin funnels a lot of his his wealth through. Um, and any time an oligarch has has not played the game, they found themselves in a gulag in Siberia. And these the, these oligarchs with the billions and billions in euro and sterling and dollars and whatever, where's all their money now? A lot of people would argue a lot of it is in Ireland in the IFSC, but um, I I mean I guess it's everywhere. I mean, there's very strong in, in intrinsic links into London. 
in the, the, the Canary Wharf, the Financial Services Centre in London, in the IFSC in Ireland. They funneled it through the Cayman Islands, through fake companies. Uh, they're very, very deeply entrenched in the European um, financial system, and that brings them tremendous influence. Is all their um, money frozen now? I would say not even a fraction of it is frozen. You're seeing um, some countries take a more aggressive stance towards uh, capturing the assets of the oligarchs. Like you're seeing some of these super yachts in Monaco getting uh, uh, taken into custody. But, I mean, you're not seeing a whole pile in in the UK, right? Uh, They're not doing a lot. There's a lot of uh, innuendo that, you know, they've got their claws heavily into Boris Johnson and to the Conservative Party. In fact, I was saying to a researcher, on the night that Boris Johnson won the election. He partied in one of the oligarchs' houses mm. in Regent Park. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, there's no evidence there to suggest that they have, but, you know, I mean, you don't have to look too deep to see how in, uh, heavily entrenched the Conservative Party are with these oligarchs. Yeah, so you think that maybe the, the asset stripping or the, you know, freezing of their wealth is only a tiny proportion. They could have moved a lot of it to crypto, couldn't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they probably have, have large swathes of that too, but I think a lot of the money the oligarchs have is, is actually Putin's money. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's strong evidence to suggest a lot of these luxury properties around London, which the oligarchs own. In fact, they're owned by Vladimir Putin, you know. Because you know that the news coming out of the Kremlin is that he has no money. Of course, yeah, absolutely. But everything that comes out of the Kremlin is a lie. I mean, he, the, the barefaced lies he's telling... Uh, to the world are it's astonishing I mean it, it feels like we're back in 1940 and, and another thing Neil I'm not sure if your listeners noticed but this, I think this is a really interesting piece of information you obviously we're all aware of the very significant cyber attack which took place on the HSE um, a couple of months back it has now transpired that the criminal organisation that conducted that who are a ransomware gang called Conti they're actually run by the Russian government. So it's now transpired that that entire attack was orchestrated by the Russian Can government. Can you stand over that comment, though? It's a fairly strong comment to make, that the HSE was attacked by the Russian government. Absolutely. It's been proved. It was proved last week because Conti were hacked by a Ukrainian gang and all of their conversations and their data was leaked. These are the same gang that, uh, that hacked the HSE. And in those conversations and in those logs, there's very clear uh, communication to the Russian government. There's very clear communication by the, um, the cyber division of the Russian government directing operations within country. And why would the Russian government want to hack the Irish HSE? Uh, is it to destabilize the health system or were they doing it for money? Well, they're hacking everybody for money. They're, I mean, they were, they're, this, is a, this is a three billion operation, right? So it's, it, it's more, I would say, of, a, of, of a, a large-scale global attack from pipelines to health services to electricity grids. Obviously, when it hit the health service in the midst of a pandemic, even that was a bit much for the Russian government. So they, they ultimately conceded and gave us the keys to unlock it. And I remember speaking with you saying to you, I believe the Russian government will intervene. Since Conti have been hacked, the, the very clear lines of communication between Conti and between the Russian government have now been made public. Yeah, yeah. And okay, so we've dealt with the military aspect of this, of course, which is the killing of innocent civilians. We've also dealt with the, the fake news aspect of which the Russians also accuse the rest of the world of. You also mentioned, and we just touched on their cyber attacks. 
um, and the HSE attack is one of those. You're saying we'll see more of this kind of activity? I believe we'll see a 500% escalation in this over the coming months and years. And the reason Where? being is globally, everywhere. Yeah, but in what areas like, will be attacked? I, I think every area. I think private businesses, I think SMEs, I think governments, I think um, utilities, you know, power, water, energy, everything will be attacked. And all you have to do is look at the rhetoric coming from Putin, right? He has declared that these sanctions are an act of war. Yeah, he did. Now, yeah, that's what he, he said. He cannot, cannot go firing nukes at everybody, right? He, I mean, he just can't. So how he practices warfare is from a cyber perspective. They undermine governments by attacking their infrastructure, their utilities, their hospitals, and they also obviously conduct fake news campaigns. So you would have to look at the scenario we're in, and the reality is that they will, because they're cut off from everything else, they will have no choice but to ramp up this activity. And we're not, no one's safe from that, no? No precautions have been taken. Well, I, I, I feel everyone is starting to, you know, invest more and get better and understand the threat and realize that, you know, this is, this is very, very serious. And, and people and companies and everyone is continually investing. I think it's going to be very important that we don't take our eye off the ball as a country, uh, as individuals, to the scale of the threat we're going to be facing. Because remember, what else can these guys do? They're like, they're, they're a cornered dog. And so do, you ever, do you ever stop and think then about the Russian people themselves? You say that these sanctions are going to impact very much on the average Russian going about their... Are, are you saying that they are... You also said that they're mortified with regards to, to Putin. But is it fear that keeps them quiet, is it? A hundred percent. I mean, you're, you're watching them protesting in St. Petersburg. Three and a half thousand people were thrown into prison and they, they'll probably face torture or they'll be sent to Siberia. I mean... It is no joke to protest against Vladimir Putin. The consequences are grave. And you, you have to ask yourself, would you be brave enough to walk into outside the Kremlin with a placard denouncing him? I mean, they're, they're, there's, there's footage of them arresting children who've had placards. But, he, but he's only one, surely he's only one man. Are you saying that he runs a network of others who are just like him? He's just one individual. Well, Hitler was just in one individual. Yeah, but at least there was a few attempts to try and take him out by the British, for the by the by the Germans themselves. Uh, and you, I mean, look at Putin. Look at the table. Look how far he sits from everybody. He's not standing around the map like Hitler was. He's uh, this guy's ex KGB. He's he's a wily old fox. He's he's obviously lost his marbles, but he's you can be you can be damn sure he's taking serious precautions. I mean, I, I think a lot about uh, the, the Ukrainian president and he's on the front lines, he's in a bunker, he's, he's with his people and with his soldiers. Putin is high, hid away in, 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 in his, his palaces, you know, counting his billions and waging this uh, despicable war. It's, a, it's an incredible comparison when, when, when you look at it. Okay, all right. As always, Ronan, thank you so much for taking the call. Uh, obliged as always, uh, Ronan uh, Murphy from Smart Tech. You can text 0868104106. Back after 10. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show I want to chat with Michael who originally got in touch with me by uh, by, by email um, It's always better to chat with people So thank you for taking the call Michael, good morning Good morning 
Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Okay. Because uh, it's quite an emotional email you talk about on behalf of your Russian-speaking children and your Russian wife. And you use the terms like you won't allow them to be silenced or demonized. What do you mean by that? No, just, uh, I think just, uh, unfortunately, the general vibe, I mean, uh, my son in, in, uh, the Gaelic football training and that is, is getting consistent grief. He's getting daily harass, who you up for, who you up for. All of our parent group chats are all kind of anti-Russian. And in all over his TikTok, you have, like, you know, up Ukraine, pure, uh, poor Ukrainian soldiers blown themselves up and they're heroes. And I mean, uh, in our eyes, like, you know, we we feel TikTok and that are kind of glorifying this and there's nothing, there's nothing glorious about this at all. Mm. And you say your wife is, your wife is Russian born. Yeah, but you're all, you're all living here now, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I uh, met my uh, wife here in Ireland while I was working. Yeah, yeah. She she was uh, she was doing a master's over here in the university, and I was working part time completing my master's. Yeah, yeah. We got married in uh, we got married in Ireland. Uh, her bridesmaid was Ukrainian, and she was bridesmaid. The, my my Russian born wife was bridesmaid for her. So, Ukrainian friend, um, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely, I know. no, but even even uh, my wife's uh, bridesmaid, her her uh, family are trapped in Ukraine. I mean, it's just it's just an awful situation. I know, I know. Are we are we confusing the you know Russian war in Ukraine, and it's it's very much a one sided war. Are we confusing that you know and Putin? With with Russian people, uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And are those but, Russian people afraid to speak out? No, but you have to. Unfortunately, though, meaning the casualties of war times the truth. I mean, and we're we're very emotional, and we're looking at it an emotional side. And as Irish people, we'd absolutely have sympathy. For the poor, for the poor uh, Ukrainians coming over, spilling over the border, of course, like you know, of, uh, of course, it's in our nature here. But I mean, we have to really take a step back and who is profiting from this? I mean, and if if there is a ceasefire called between Russia and Ukraine, okay, mm. and there's a neutral Ukraine, okay. Russia, uh, Russia at the moment has massive sanctions on it. They're going to suffer, yes, and they've been yes. The uh, Russian people are going suffer. to suffer. The, the Russians are going to suffer with severe sanctions and isolation. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I wonder or, about that because yeah. when you look Hello? at the sanctions, you know, and oh. you see, you know, and I have done already this morning. I know their banking systems from Cliff cri- crippled, but the rest of it then is like. Microsoft and Netflix and TikTok and IKEA and H&M and Hermes and Nike, you know, Dell, not being able to buy an Apple Mac. Um, You you can kind of live without all that stuff, not being able to drive a BMW. So where are they going to be hurt? 
no, no. Again, uh, again, unfortunately, you have to think about this rationally. And of course, the Russians are 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 going to be hurt, and there's there, there's all limitations in the food they can buy in Moscow and everything. Okay, but rationally, we have to as Irish people, we have to think about this. Okay, meaning we've been in conflict. We're in conflict for eight hundred years. Okay. Mm. So, we get so, along no, very well now, though, you know? Hello, no, but uh, see, I have to get this point across. I have to get this point across, okay? In in terms of this of this war at the moment, okay? I mean, and if there's ceasefire called and there's a neutral Ukraine, who benefits here? The Russians? The Ukrainians? They won't be at war anymore? Our side of Europe? Particularly the Polish side and all and and all who are fearful of Russia, yes, hopefully there'll be a stable, uh, stable continent then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you have winners in all of Europe, you have winners in all of Ukraine, and you have winners in all of Russia for a peace and a settlement. The only losers out of this are going to be the Americans. And I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. I mean, as an Irishman, it's absolutely heart-wrenching for me to say this, but, I mean, and family at times, if they're wrong, you have to pull them up on this. I mean, and all the experts back in the 1990s and the 2000s warned about NATO expansion. I know, and I, listen, and I'm Michael, sorry, this, no, I understand that this, that it isn't, no, uh, and you've made the point that NATO this may have been Russian deemed to be a gross... Yeah, I know, it is Hello? the Russian point, I know that. But this people listening point, to this no. programme, what they yes. want to stop to, they want the Russians to stop killing innocent civilians, call men, women and their children. Call this, call this they want the Russians to stop peace. blowing up people's homes and hospitals and Neil, cities and towns. Neil, it's pointless. It's point, you have to think about this rationally. Who is going to, or who's going to call the peace? It's going to be the Americans and the Russians. It's not to do with the Ukrainians. No, honestly, they are father. No, it's it's heart-wrenching for me to so say So that's this, why you're saying, and, and Biden continues to say that he won't pick up the phone to Putin. Is that what you're saying? I am, I am absolutely, well, well okay. I'm not saying that anyway. I'm not, I, I am saying, I am saying, honestly, I am saying, okay, we have had, we have to tolerate living together. And as and as Irish people, okay, as Irish people, we have to set the standard. We tolerate a different culture and a different people living on our island up in the sixth province, the half of the population, and we tolerate that, okay? Mm. We have to get the message across to Eastern Europe and 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 to Russia. Yous have to tolerate each other. Yeah. There has to be a neutrality there in Ukraine. Angela Merkel said this in 2008. She was furious when, when, when the invitation to the Ukrainians for the expansion of NATO came about. Okay? Mm. Like, if you think, uh, like, you know, Henry Kissinger, Henry Kissinger, who was, who, who leveled Korea, Cambodia, sorted out all the Latin America. He said, this is an absolute disaster. 
if we expand NATO to to Ukraine. Okay, and there were and warning I'm, signs. I'm sorry. Okay. Neil, okay. One, uh, one sec now, okay? So, uh, for me, for me, all my family are from Cork, okay? Uh, all, like, you know, uh, you couldn't tell by the accent, but the way we go on at times, uh, uh, when I'm down there about uh, Bain the Blah, about Saipan, honestly, multiply that by 27 million. Mm. I'm using, I'm using that figure because 27 million Soviets died, died, okay, uh, fighting the Nazis. That's right. Okay? Yeah. And how they, Neil, Neil, you have to see from the Russian perspective. No, I don't. I understand upset, what the guys say, the Russian people. No, yeah, the Russian please, people. Please, Neil, please let me speak. Please let me speak. Okay? Please let me speak. Okay? So, so the Russian people are absolutely obsessed with World War Two. They're obsessed, meaning holidays. Every tiny village has memorabilia to World War Two. World War Two. This every holiday, I, I ring my um, my my uh, father-in-law. He's like, it's sailor holiday today. It's this. It's, yeah, and obsessed. twenty-seven uh, million uh, did pay the ultimate to, price, and without the Russian Neil, front. Uh, Neil, defeating the Nazis, Neil, we'd have a different world. Now I understand that, but that was nearly a, that Neil, was eight no, years ago. Neil, sorry, Neil, sorry, Neil. The Russians were in the Soviet Union for seventy years. That was their main celebration. That was their main. They they feel that they feel that they that they did that for the world. Yeah, um, and of course, the Western side we do acknowledge it. You know, of of course we do. But the Russians, okay, the Nazis came through Ukraine to get to Russia. And they said this will never happen again. They need a neutral buffer zone aboard. You know what? Somebody, somebody, somebody needs to take out this maniac. Isn't that what it is? Either you arrest him, jail him, Neil, send him, bring okay. him to... Neil, we have to take a real step back here now and be rational about this. It put, why be right? No, but I am being rational. It's one man, isn't it? Yeah. Who made this? No, who made this maniac? Okay. No. Who made this? Who, who maniac? did? No, if you think about it. Well, who on, did make him a maniac? Yeah. So, okay. So, just a brief, just, just a brief little breakdown. A brief little breakdown, okay? After the Soviet Union collapsed, yeah? Then, basically, we set up the Russians with the Ukrainians with an economy and society based on oligarchs on everything, yes? That was the same, and corruption. I mean, and the Russians know what's going on over in Ukraine because going on over in Russia. Do you think Russian people are delighted with Abramovich going around with four yachts, like? Do you, do you think they're happy with that, like? So, basically, and then in the 1990s, as we know, as we know, I mean, and the only president that was going to visit here was Boris Yeltsin, and he couldn't get off the plane. Yeah. You get me? Yeah. You get me? Like, you know, just, just, no, uh, just, and then, then Vladimir Putin came in, and he, and, and uh, basically, after, uh, after Yeltsin had two botched wars in Chechnya, 
94 and 96. You see, we're back in, I appreciate it, and we're back into history lessons again, and I don't have the time to, for it. But we know? have to. I, but I, we but have I, to. I, I but people that. don't appreciate it. You are saying to me, but you are saying to me, we have to get rid of this monster. Yeah. But I'm saying to you how he, how was this monster created? Yeah, but that's Did fine. But, do honest, but how do we get rid of him? Regardless of what how he mean, was created. The Russian people have to get rid of him, though. The Russian people. Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry now. America and the UK invaded, uh, invaded Iraq. Okay? Yes. George Bush went up for election with Republicans and they were folded out. I understand all of that, Obama. but people listening like, now no, just want, no, but people listening now just want innocent people to, to be able to live in peace and get on with their lives and not have bombs Absolutely. falling upon so them. So we should, as a people, as the island, the saints and scholars, we should be the, be the big boys in the room here. And we should be approaching our American family, our, uh, honestly, and start calling out for a peace. What's going on? Why is there ceasefire not called here? Well, who benefits in this? I mean, and honestly, I saw, I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with American news and Russian news and we're, we're all blocked now in the Russian news, to be honest with you. So I'm not getting the side of Russian news. Which, which have you, been to, like, have you, you been to Russia? You have? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And absolutely. Is, your, is, your, is your wife afraid now at this stage to tell anybody that she's Russian? Oh no! If if anyone asks her, no, absolutely not. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, we don't have a Russian flag flying out our window anyway. That's one thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my wife, my wife has nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Of being Russian. No. Or my kids. No. Or me. I've nothing to be ashamed of. I've nothing to be ashamed okay. of, and I'm not going to. No, no, I'm not going to hide. Anyway. Can I, can I honestly get back to... No, because I, I just need to move on. So I need you to wrap, if you don't mind, Michael, because a lot okay. of other people, have, we've spent a lot of time chatting. Okay. Yeah. Well, me, okay. But anyway, me, anyway, uh, the point I want to get across is, yes, the expansion of NATO was a, was a massive mistake on, on, uh, on our behalf as, as the West. Okay, and the Russians see this as no, an exponential no, threat. No, Putin does. Do. Russian people don't. No, the Russian people. Sorry, the Russian people see this as an exponential threat. Does he? Does Henry he have Kissinger, much support? Does he have much support amongst the Russian people? At the moment, they're all under sanctions. They're at war. It's a state of solidarity. It's a state of an emergency. But are you saying that the Russian people support Putin? Am I saying the Russian people? They're at war. They're at war. But I mean, if they go against Putin, what happens then? Their whole, uh, their whole society collapses. No, no. The Russian people, the Russian people, like particularly, particularly my mother and father-in-law's generation, they went through the collapse of the Soviet Union in the early 90s. They went through the collapse of their whole economy in the late 90s. And I'm sorry, it was Vladimir Putin. It was Vladimir Putin that brought that brought a stable uh, a stability to that country that they didn't have for a hundred years. But you're like he robbed all their natural resources. He and his cronies. Yeah, Absolutely. Vladimir Putin was. Listen to me. Vladimir Putin was handed over that economy 
that was the framework that Vladimir Putin was handed, like the Ukrainians, the oligarchs owned everything. Of course he ousted, he, of course he ousted some, and of course, like, you know, of course we can portray Vladimir Putin as a body, but man, who's a body? Okay. Meaning okay. Saddam Hussein in the 80s wasn't a body. And this, okay, and this, and your, and your contact to me is completely off your own back. You weren't asked by anybody else to do this. What do you mean? I'm. What do you mean? I'm. I'm obliged. Okay. Um, I feel I'm obliged to stick up for my family. Yes, that's my wife. So yeah, you're you're my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife. Yeah. And my two children. My my two Irish children. But they're Russians as well. Okay, okay. Full stop. And my wife is Russian. And yes, and 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 I'm sorry. Can I just finish off with a quote here? Yeah. Please. Yeah. If that's okay. Okay. It's by a guy called George F. Cannon, okay? He was a famous American diplomat, okay? Who who specialized in the containment yeah. of the Soviet Union. Yeah. He said, look. Don't people, he said this in the 90s, don't people understand our difference in the Cold War with the Soviet communist regime and now we're turning our backs on the very people who mounted the greatest bloodless revolution in history to remove the Soviet regime. And Russia's democracy is far, is far advanced, if not farther, as any uh, as any other of the Eastern European countries. All right. Of yeah. course, yeah. sorry, yeah. of course no, there is... Hello? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, okay. no, I, I, but, but I don't people, see the relevance sorry. in anything that's like 32 years old now when they're raining bombs down on civilians, you know, killing the children. The Russians have been, sorry, Neil, the Russians have been looking for a neutral Ukraine for the past 14 years. 14 years. Okay. That conference happened in April 2008. Okay, it's the and issue of NATO going into Neil, Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry? 100%. It's, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. Okay. 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 100%. Yeah. Okay, Michael, thank you. Much obliged. You've covered an awful lot of ground, but I do need to keep on moving. Text 0868104106. That, to some extent, is uh, from a Russian perspective. Back after the break. Thank you for making the Neil Prendeville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork. Again, Cork's Red FM. Uh, back to our phone lines. You can pick up the phone on 0818 Sean, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'll come back to your Russian friends in a couple of seconds. Can you explain why is the cost of petrol and diesel and home heating oil going through the roof? Um, there are no sanctions or embargoes against the movement of fuel, are there? Um, I'm not sure about that deal, but I suppose there's a bit of a I mean, squeeze on, on oil worldwide, I suppose, and just when there's a squeeze on, on a commodity. Yeah, but it just, strikes, it just strikes me as a little bit suspicious that this is happening so quickly over the last week or ten days. Like, we're still bringing in Russian fuel, aren't we, um, which would be yeah. petroleum and gas, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. definitely a lot of people, uh, oil companies are making a lot of money out of this. So thing. why then are the petrol prices changing two or three times a day? I have no idea, Neil. There's just people, the, the oil company here in Ireland, are, are just uh, creaming off the whole situation that's gone worldwide in, in Ukraine and, and Russia and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Although there is, a, there is an accusation well, in the papers today that petrol retailers have had to deny profiteering from fuel increases. 
But okay, if it's if there's a shortage, fine. But there would have been the same shortage last month and the month before, wouldn't there? Like, exactly. Like those, like those, those, those. Like a lot of places have have uh, storage of other fuel. Yeah. Like it, could, it could last them for maybe two weeks, three weeks, and all of a sudden, just overnight, and as you said, there in the space of a day, it's it's gone up three times in in in, in one day. And why is because in the old days it used to be you'd never see a change at the petrol pumps until there was a new yeah. delivery of fuel. Exactly, yeah, that would be the obvious uh, increase that you would have when there'd be a new uh, consignment of fuel bought into the, into the, into the fall I get, quarter. And, and, uh, I don't, just don't get it. I mean, I'm not sure like, as to why it should be happening so quickly and so fast and, and two or three times yeah. a, a day. Um, like, I, I, think, you know, I think, Neil, they, the government has to do something about this. Like They're taking 60% plus on, on every, every fill we get in taxes, excises and, and, and carbon taxes and all the rest. So it's does that mean that on the cost of a litre at two euro, the government's taking a euro 20? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, every, every, time, every, every time, Neil, you see the increase in the, in the forecourts, the, the, the government are, are getting an increase accordingly because they're getting 60% plus uh, in excess uh, excess uh, duties excess duties and, 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 and carbon taxes. As, as they rise, the, the more money rolls into the, the, the government coffers, you know. So That's this crazy. is a good thing for Ireland then, in one way, because we're making more in excess duty and VAT, but a bad way for well, punters. It's bad. It's bad for everybody, Neil, because when the price of fuel goes up, it increases. It increases absolutely everything accordingly. You know, the, the price of a loaf of bread, milk, everything goes up accordingly. You know, Scandinavian you know. countries have dropped the excise and VAT. Should Which we be? Why, what? Yeah. I think yes, Neil. That would be an option. Definitely, they should uh, definitely uh, decrease the the excise uh, duty here. You know, sixty. Per- I don't exactly know, but definitely sixty percent plus. With the with the carbon taxes that were added on in the last uh, budget, with the carbon taxes and stuff, but um, yeah, we should definitely be be knocking off twenty uh, percent. I don't know, but you definitely you know trying to help out some. And there's some been way. no announcement from the government saying that they're going to no, cut excise and pass not, it on the saving. There's been no mention whatsoever of. I think a few uh, few TDs have mentioned it in the in the in the doll chamber there in 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 last week or whatever, but I didn't I didn't actually hear the outcome. Or they listen to whatever you would you think that they would say, "Listen, good, this is a good idea. Let's do this immediately." Exactly, exactly. They because it comes down uh, to people trying to heat their homes and have exactly. Yeah, you see a tank, a tank of a tank of uh, oil or gas, and it was you know it's gone through the roof. You know, I got a tank of it there just before the. I got a tank on the twenty third of um, of uh, February, nine hundred and something odd liters. It was uh, nearly a thousand. So I think now we'll be. Well over twelve hundred, thirteen hundred euros, uh, and they doesn't. They haven't made any announcement about excise or VAT. None. Not a, not okay. one word. And do you know? Word. Do you know of the Barry Row oil, oil field of Kinsale? Um, I know of it. Yes, Neil. It's I think the O'Reilly Group, isn't it? It's the Tony O'Reilly's son is involved in that. that they right? say that there's three hundred and seventy-three million barrels. In that oil field, the black stuff out there of oil. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Uh, and uh, there's some arguments about whether or not they should be given a allowed to drill it or not. I think is that are the greens behind that? Not allowing them. Exactly, more than like, you know. everything has gone down the the green route, but you know, electricity doesn't electricity doesn't grow on the trees, Neil. You know, it has to be driven. I know there's there's wind, there's wind, and and there's uh, and there's. No, I know, yeah, but uh, in fact, depend- I was just just reading up on it at the weekend, and uh, about seven or eight years ago, there was a lot of talk about the Barry Row oil field, and yeah. one article that I said that it contains at least 373 million barrels of oil, 
but maybe as much as 900 million barrels of oil. They said, in short, there's a load of oil off the Cork coast and we just aren't drilling for it. Yeah, and what's the status of that oil field now, Neil? Is that, is that on hold or is it, is it ever going to be drilled or what's the story? There's a lot of money spent in the investment of the research and stuff and, 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 and tests and stuff. Is it ever going to be drilled, Neil? The latest update to it was last week where Providence Resources said that they've written to the Minister of the Environment, Eamon Ryan, twice since yeah. late December urging him to grant the lease on Barry Road to drill. Yeah. But he just doesn't seem. He just doesn't seem. I don't think Eamon Ryan. I don't think Eamon Ryan is going to entertain uh, that at all because you know Eamon Ryan is, is a Green Party leader and he's totally anti carbon fuels. You know, but does anybody find fuels. it bizarre though that it's all out mm-hmm. there? It's ours. Uh, I think they may. I think they may have sold the drilling rights to Providence. I think, and uh, but 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 even at that, we still get twenty five percent of every barrel. The state gets the value of twenty five percent, and just two miles off the Kinsale coast is sitting there, and we're importing all of our gas and fuel. <laughs> exactly, that would be crazy. And they talk about you know the, the carbon footprint and all the rest, shipping oil from. All far far afield, like Russia and all, and the Middle East, and we've got oil sitting off of the, as you said, off the Irish coast. It's absolutely ludicrous. It's crazy. Oh, that'd be fine if we were all being powered by wind farms, but we're importing exactly. gas and we're import, importing petrol oh, and we're importing oh, diesel and we're importing home fuel oil. So we're importing yeah. it anyway, and we already have it. We already have it. That's sitting out there, you know, <laughs> only just to, to tap into it. You know, it's absolutely crazy, Neil. Yeah. And they said, actually, in another article they read about it, Providence owns 80% of the find, but the Department of Finance gets 25% tax on all of it. They say that that tax could earn us 40 billion euro. 40 billion euro. 40 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it's definitely, it should definitely be looked into and, and, and taken forward. It's unbelievable. You know? I don't know. I just find it unbelievable. unbelievable. Anyway, tell me about your Russian friends. Yeah, we we met. Uh, we were on holiday in in, in uh, Thailand in uh, 2019. Um, we were out in Koh Chang Island. It's it's on the uh, the eastern part of Thailand. It's, a, it's one of the second biggest islands. But anyway, we went we went on a on a, a trip uh, one day on a, a boat trip, snorkeling trip. You know, and we met these people, Russian people, like uh, mother, father, and his, and kid, kid probably four or five. Beautiful people. We were with them all day. We, they were they good English, and we we um, they took photographs of us while we were going down the going snorkeling and stuff. And we took photographs of them. And we shared them on WhatsApp. Uh, kept we kept in touch with them. We met them again back on the on the mainland again one night for dinner. And absolutely lovely people. But anyway, yesterday I decided to just uh, you know check in with them to see how they were doing and stuff. Uh, I thought that well, WhatsApp and all the rest might have been you know down and stuff with the sanctions and stuff over Russia. But anyway, I noticed that she had been online yesterday at half nine. So I sent a message to her just to see how they were doing and stuff and I didn't get any reply back until late that evening and um, she said to me, I can just check my phone here now, she just said to me... Was she cautious uh, or something like, do you think? She was, you know, she didn't say, Camille, I'll just get her there for you. Uh, I just said, uh, uh, yeah, hi, Sean. Uh, We are okay, thanks for asking. It's hard to say what's going on. We have no information on what's happening right now. So, and then she said, thanks, thank you, Sean. It's a hard time and that kind of stuff out here. Do you think that she was cautious because she might have been monitored? I think she might have been cautious, you know, with, you know, she didn't want to 
condemn anything about her, about her, the government of her country and yeah. stuff, what they've yeah. been getting up about in Ukraine. So I think for her own safety and her family's safety, maybe she might have been... Um, she might have been cautious with her with her advice because you know we're not you know literally out of fear. Countries, like, yeah. In these countries, you know they they, they watch they monitor uh, social media, especially in these times. Like you know it's, they they're probably watching them heavily. Like you know on on, on what's what's going out of the country. And yeah, yeah. There's yeah. anything happening or not? But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you were we were t- you were talking about sanctions there a while ago, Neil. I, I was just, I watched a, a little bit of a documentary there on YouTube. I followed this guy on aviation, and um, he was saying that uh, like he was saying in the next in the next. While aviation in 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 Russia will probably grind to a halt completely, because uh, like Airbus cut uh, links, uh, Boeing cut links, and then you've got like um, you've got uh, their own aircraft, their own air air um, air uh, aviation industry. They've got their own um, built aircraft, Anatov and Sukhoi, and that's fair enough to have their own. But they've got um, all their like the, the working parts and those are actually from western countries yeah the they won't be able to get the parts so yeah. they reckon, they reckon, they, they reckon the, you know, this guy he's like he's an ex-pilot and he's got, a, he's got a YouTube channel there and I follow him and he says that, that the the um, that the whole aviation industry like they've only got one international flight now to Russia which is to Belarus all international flights are all gone yeah. finished so, you know, the sanctions are definitely hitting Neil over there, you know, all right. time. Okay. You're right about the Apple phones and stuff and, and, and all the rest, but this is serious stuff, like, you know, so it's... it's yeah, I suppose, you no, know, maybe I was trivialising it, saying, how, how could a sanction where you can't buy an Apple yeah. Mac, for instance, or get your hands on a yeah. bit of H&M Clobber make a difference, but there's a lot more than that, yeah. Okay. There's a lot more than that. Anyway, great stuff, Neil. Thanks, Sean. Cheers. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Certainly, this is the reason why taxi drivers are looking for an extra euro on fares to tackle rising fuel costs. Uh, they need to put their diesel and their petrol, uh, you know, or, sorry, their fares up by euro to combat the increase in the price of diesel or petrol taxis. Um, Circle K at Blackpool diesel was 192 at 10 to 9 this morning and then it went from 192 to 199 at 9 o'clock. It went up 8 cent in 10 minutes. This is absolute madness. So keep those prices coming. I see them coming in from Maxall, Circle K and Apple Green. Mind you, unfortunately, some of the prices that I'm getting from you guys were Saturday afternoon's prices. I'd say if you went back and had another look now, you'd find that it's gone way up since Saturday afternoon again. But back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Emmeline, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, um, just talk to me about the cost of fuel. How's it impacting on you? Um, well, at this stage, now I'm actually looking at my options really with regards to work um, you were just mentioning prices there just up the road from me actually went to 205.9 on Saturday 205.9 where is that? it is on your way into Newbridge on the left hand side uh, yes I have some prices actually would you believe from um, Newbridge on Saturday afternoon uh, unleaded petrol 2 euro 6 cent uh, diesel 2 euro 8 cent there you go. And with the spiralling costs um, and everything else is increasing then as a result of it, you just find the hard to make ends meet. So, like, looking at it, my bank account at the moment, I'll probably be handing in my notice in the next two weeks. Why? Well, it's either eat or go to work. And we have a young one at home and you can't have her going without. So, we're actually better off feeding her daughter than we are actually going to work. Um, financially because it's costing so much to keep the car on the road. Like how much would it cost you now this week with petrol? 
last week, the last four weeks was costing me 176 euros per week. You must be doing, are you doing an awful lot of drive, driving, Emily? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually in rural Ireland, like, excuse the expression, I'm in the middle of nowhere, so there isn't even public transport available to us. And as a result of it then, the young one was actually doing work experience, which was another 30 kilometres a day onto our trip, both ways. So you could be paying over 200 a week now at this stage. Is that just going yeah. to and from work? Yeah, definitely. And you don't get any mileage, do you? No, 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 no. I can I understand why you're saying it'd be cheaper to stay at home. I'm actually better off going back on to me disability pension and me allowance at this moment in time. And the only reason I haven't done it so far is because I actually love my job. I'm one of these sad people that love it in the morning, <laughs> look forward to going to work. Perfect. <laughs> But it's not, it's not likely to stop increasing anytime soon. It's not. And then you hear Leo there last week, we're looking at ways of easing the pain on hauliers. Leo, not everyone drives the lorry to work. But about 120, about 120 of that two euro is going to the government in taxation. So yeah. the government are gouging the people. They are, but how many of the filling stations are gouging them as well? See, I don't know. I don't know what kind of are they profiteering or not. I don't know. Well, some days now I'm near a depot, and uh, there's some days they're putting up the price, and I'd be arriving in the same time as they'd be opening up. There wouldn't be a lorry doing a delivery, but still they're putting up the price. It's very interesting to say that because the text here said, "I just got a fill of heating oil a week ago." And the driver told me that as he pulled up to my house, he was told to increase it by four cent a liter. Yeah, that, that was during then, a delivery. Uh, a circle came Port Leash near the Garda station this morning. They opened at seven thirty, and it was gone up six cent a liter from yesterday evening. Yet the lorry had only pulled in to do a delivery. So what is it now? Would it be? They're actually one. They're actually at one ninety point nine. I think it is from yesterday. Well, they're way behind the two euro seven and two euro eight in some places. Yeah, it's in a position now. I'd say they're not going through a, a whole lot of it because it's right on the roundabout outside the guard station in Port Leash. <laughs> Why so would they? Obviously, there was queues there to get in this morning, so it'll cost a, cause a backlog in the traffic. Oh yeah, so now people will queue at the cheaper options, won't they? But it's a, it's a case of having to for people. Yeah, I know. They can't, they can't take the hit anymore. People can't. They're not able for it. So you have to find at least 200 euro before you start working on Monday morning. I get paid next on the 20th of March and I have 150 euros in my pocket for diesel. You're going to go nowhere near that. You're going to need more money no. than that. Yeah. So it looks like I'll be giving the mother a hit but then I struggle next month because I pay back my mother on Sunday week. Unbelievable. Who's laughing through all of this? Is it people with electric cars? Well, are they? Like, I only heard last week on the radio that their class now was a luxury item. In what way? Will like, that attract... The price of them. Sure, people can't even afford them on, the, on, on minimum wage. Who can afford an electric car? Yeah, okay. All right. Good point. Stay in touch, Emlyn. Thank you. Cheers, my man. I see the results came out there at the weekend. I don't have them in front of me with regards to the... Uh, the best-selling or the most, uh, you know, fuel-efficient or the best electric vehicles. I think, uh, I think Kia got number one in Hyundai. Is it the Hyundai 
Ionic 5, I think, one like that. Uh, did quite well in the survey. It's as much about, um, you know, it's, a, it's as much about, you know, range as anything else, I suppose, but also comfort and, and the, the actual drive of the vehicle itself. Anyway, text 0868 Susan, good morning. Hi, good morning, Neil. Have you priced this for me? I have a few prices. Um, I was in Ballincollig the other day. It was 188 in Maxall, 181 in Circle K, and Apple Green was 182. I filled my... Uh, I have a wheelchair accessible van, um, and I filled my van, and it was just under fill, €107.36. So I'd say you went for the Circle K option there, did you? I, I was Circle K, yeah. How much was um, the fill, sorry? One hundred and seven thirty-six, and that was just under a fill. Sure, I'd, like, I'd, sure I'd, like two years ago, you'd have filled the same tank for sixty, fifty euro, wouldn't you? I I filled it last week only for a hundred euro, and previously it would have been seventy to eighty euro max over a number of years. Do you I remember when? Saying, do you remember when unleaded was a euro twelve? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> it was only a few I years wish. ago. Yeah. Um. Oh jeez, my memory doesn't go back that long anymore these days. Um, but like, I I can't change the circumstances of what I drive. There is no option for me. For for us, it it, it the, we're driving the cheapest van on the road for what we need. Yeah. And yeah. and like you know, this this is only going to go up. I'm a carer. We've a loan. I I took out a car loan to get the van I have. You know, like how how am I going to keep driving? It's not something. It's not a luxury for me. But what it's what should happen need. now is the government should reduce its take on excise. Yeah, like you vast. know, even getting for for me, I'm able to claim back the the vast or whatever it is at the end of the year. Like that, that's still only a couple of weeks still for me yeah. at the end of the year. It's better than most, though. I understand your circumstances. Oh, totally, I understand totally. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it's great that I am able to get that back. But, like, again, it, it's not even putting a dent in it for us. Like, I like to fill every week. I don't get away with, you know, getting it every so often. And it is a full fill at a time because, you know, of what we do. Where we, I live in the country. I don't have an option of where I live either. Um, you know, it, it's from my husband's work. And... You know, for appointments, we're on the road nearly every day. It, it's not something we can cut out either. Yeah, well, it's all, very, it's all very well for people who drive for a living who have an expense account and get it back from their companies. But for others who don't, and it's just a means of necessary transport, it's impacting very, very hard. And let's not forget the fill of oil that we talk about all the time for home heating. You know, we're far, exactly. we're far from out of the woods with the heating systems just yet. You still need heat. Yeah. You know, it'd be different, I suppose, okay. if we had a warmer climate and it was June or July, but it's not. Now, I actually, am, I live in Formoy, so I'm actually outside uh, Circle K at the moment, and it is 194 here now at the moment. Thank you for that. And petrol and Maxall and Douglas on the Douglas Road was 198.5. Uh, Noel DC's petrol and diesel are gone up to uh, 199.9. So there's your two euro a litre in Blackpool. There you have it. Yeah. Okay. All Very right. Mad. Thanks for that, Susan. Text 0868104106. So at the same time then, we could have upwards of, I know I mentioned the figures earlier on about, about Barry Rowe and uh, this is very much, I'm told uh, being stopped by the Green Party with regards to climate change but at the same time of course we're still bringing in loads of gas and we're still bringing in, we have a little bit of ourselves with Corrib, a lot of it is coming from Scotland I believe and then uh, anyway, we, we import the vast majority of what we need 
but they figure that just off the, uh, about two miles off the dried up Kinsale oil field is a vastness of oil and gas that's just sitting there. And Joe.ie recently did a kind of a, a Q&A so the likes of me could follow it. And they were answering kind of questions that people would ask. What's all this about Ireland striking oil? Yes, Ireland has struck oil. Providence in the Barry Row oil well uh, says that Ireland has a lot of oil, much more than anyone expected. Um, they said, uh, you know, will this make us rich? Well, Providence owns 80% of the find out there. But the Department of Finance gets 25% tax on any of the oil and gas revenues in Ireland. So that's upwards of 40 billion. Now, bear in mind, these figures are seven or eight years old. So it's probably a lot more than 40 billion. Then they said, what will the money do for the country? Well, if you look at it, the bailout of Anglo and the debt that that created was 31 billion. So that had been paid off straight away. 90% of our gas is imported from overseas and oil accounts for about 60% of the energy used in Ireland. We got all that out there. What's out there? Well, there could be upwards of 900 million barrels of the stuff. Um, and it's estimated that it would cost about 459 million uh, to um, to develop the oil well and to get it out there. But that will be taken up, I suppose, by Providence, who would work that into their prices. But no matter what way you look at this, it's out there, it's sitting there, and they know one using it. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 106 yeah, a lot of text coming in here. I just see another one there. Phil, we filled up with oil uh, yesterday. Well, I imagine sometime over the weekend. 1,400 euro to fill the tank. What would it have been 12 months ago, do you mind me asking? Text 0868104106 if a fill of your oil tank now is 1,400 euro. Sandra says, it's an absolute disgrace. This has to stop. Everyone is struggling in this country. Money-wise, enough is enough. Bernie says, Sweden dropped excise and VAT rates on their fuel recently. But would we do it in this greedy country? No, not a hope. Gronje says, this is a result of having elected officials who are completely out of touch with reality. It doesn't affect them, so they don't care. Remember now, your politicians get mileage. They don't pay for their petrol or diesel. You do. They get mileage. Meanwhile, David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You've got to ask yourself the question, if people didn't shop around for fuel prices before, they certainly are now, Right. Correct. Well, I've been talking to you, Neil, about this subject for the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of people never bothered. They just went to the handiest petrol station, yeah. never looked at the... Because, to be honest with you, back in the good old days, there wasn't a huge difference anyway, really. Well, well, I... I Would you dispute, dispute that? that I, certainly, yeah, I'll tell you now, because I've been getting, I've been getting circle kid. Well, used to, I used to get in diesel up to about a month ago, but now it's petrol. But... Um, you see, on a Saturday, Neil, I would shop one Saturday in Ballincollig, right? And there's two, there's two circle cases in Ballincollig. The next Saturday, I might go to Middleton to the farmer's market, and there's two, there's two circle cases in Middleton. Well, let me and let me just stop you. Are, are, do, have Circle K historically had the cheapest petrol and diesel? No, they were a little bit dearer because they have they have a, they have a kind of a, a, a cleaning agent in their well, they maintain they have a cleaning agent in their petrol and diesel. That, that, will, um, that, that will get you 3% further than any other type of diesel. Okay, you know? I'll take them at their word. Oh. So who who historically, of all of no. them, the Maxols oh, and the, the Shells and the, the Circle Ks and the Apple Green, who were the cheapest? Well, I, I, I'd imagine um, from just looking at Apple Green, Apple Green, like um, over the last, say, 12 months, I said they'd be a little bit just slightly cheaper than the Texacos and the Circle K. But the, the thing is, what I can't figure out, Neil, is when you pull into Circle K, say, in, 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 down in Dino's there, in the Blackpool there, but the Blackpool shop is up there, it could be 170 a litre. It's 2 and euro And then you now. might go to Ballincollig, 
And it's the same diesel out there could be 175. And then you might go to the one at the end of Grange Hill there by Handy's Garden Centre and it could be 179. So there could be up to 8 or 9 cents between, with the same company, between the petrol and being the price of petrol or diesel. Yeah, I have like, a photograph there just sent to me from Circle K in Tivoli, 199.9. Well, that's the bone. Yeah, that's your 2 euro. What I do, I did find out the last six months that the, the Circle K at the bottom of Grain Shield by Andy's Garden Centre would be overall the cheapest of the Circle Ks in Cork, right? And yeah. funny enough, I passed it Saturday morning, but there was about 10 or 12 cows waiting to, to get done. So look, I said, I'll come back. And it was 186 for the petrol. On Saturday? So it was 186 on, on Saturday morning. So, But there was a, a good few cows waiting to go in. So I just said, listen, I'll go away and I'll come back Sunday morning when there's no traffic on the road. Yeah. I went out yesterday morning and I went from 186 up to 191. There you go. But still, even totally. 191 is still well behind the 199s. Remember the, you know right. the petrol station on the road into the Elysian, you know, just there on the link? That used yes, to be very that was, cheap. Yeah. Uh, that was always cheap over the years and years ago. That was the cheapest in Cork for a long time. But I, have, I haven't gone there for donkey's years now. But, no, but just like, somebody said to me on Friday, not, any, not anymore, I'm told. I, I don't mean to be unfair to them, but the, the lads were doing yeah. some research and they were saying that their prices had also gone up considerably. But another point I want to make, Neil, about it is that before the war started in Ukraine, right? Like, I remember 20, 30 years ago, they were like, you, the petrol would stay the same price for you for weeks. But now, like, say, two months ago, you would pass a circle K on a Monday, it's 170, and you pass it on a Wednesday, and it's 173, and you pass it on a Friday, and it's 174. Even before the, the war in Ukraine, it's gone up like every two days. Here's what a, is the reason for that? I don't, uh, that's what I'm wondering. Uh, here's what Steve has to say. Ridiculous queues in the garages. One or two garages are cheap at, say, 184, and the rest around Cork are 190 plus. This is from Friday's programme. Everyone will yes. see it going from 2 euro and then to 3 euro a litre in the next week. Um, and none of us are getting mileage for this or, you know, fuel to fill the tank uh, with regards to your company paying for it. He says, definitely going electric very soon. Uh, and I'm going to say bye-bye to diesel. I can see garage due demand could be fuel shortages very soon. Um, but anyway, the point he's making here is that he sees it going to €3 Euro a litre in well, the next well, few weeks. Even if it goes, even if it goes up to two, over €2 Euro a litre, I think, like, you just have to, if you're, suppose now you're, you're going to your local supermarket and it's maybe a, a half a mile away and you're just getting a few items, well... You, know, you might just have to just leave the car at home and walk or get the bus. If you have the free travel, get the bus or whatever and leave the car out there. But you mentioned a little ago, Neil, about the, the, what the government are getting. They're getting 63 cents out of every euro, right? 63 cents out of the euro. So, so that's even more so than no, 60. No, with the two euros, they're getting 126. And uh, I, you, you called all the text there five minutes ago about some lady. She's right. About a month ago, I read in the examiner, Germany, France, Sweden and a couple of other countries in Europe all drop their exercise jewelry and bat. Uh, Why don't a our bunch of flutes do the same? Like, no, Leo Vallack just up in the dial last Thursday, and he just and he mentioned that he said we're looking at ways now to try and uh, cut the cost of the of of of, of the. So that's of, only waffle when they know what to yeah, do. Cut exercise and bat. Yeah, and uh, but Neil, what, what you're forgetting now is we're supposed to have a million electric cars by 2030, which won't happen in a million years because. I think we only have 45,000 electric cars sold in the past three years 
and there's only eight years to go, like so. There's no way they're going to reach that target. All right. But the point they're making is, if they did reach that target, and the government and all the all the uh, and all the and uh, we, we we all have electric cars, then there'll be no petrol stations. There'll be no diesel. There'll be no petrol. So, so the Barry Ro- so sooner or later the Barry Row oil field with gas and oil there will become irrelevant. It could the, the billion barrels or whatever that's down there can just stay there forever. That's right. Well, you see, like, what's running in this country for years and years, Neil, is the, the PEY tax and and uh, the money from selling cars plus the money from petrol and diesel, right? But if everyone had electric cars in nature's time and the government are getting 70 cents euro every euro, no. How are they going to run the country? That means they're going to be losing billions that's every right. year. That's right. Good point. So yeah. Where are they going to get the money then to run? To, to, to pay the people because in another five years, the elderly like are getting more and more and more. Pensions will be, you know, so like if, if they're all electric, where are they going to get the money to run the country? Okay, it's going to be hit on the exchequer. Thanks, Dave. Dave quickly reminds us that it's one twenty-six the government takes now. One euro twenty-six the government takes from every. Two euro litre of petrol, and they take it in VAT and excise. Back after 11, text 0868104106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. A lot on petrol prices. Um, government will continue to take from the people to line their own pockets until there's nothing left to take. Then they will retire to live on their golden pensions. This is always the way. Their hugely inflated salaries means they have no grasp on the reality facing most Irish people. Imagine if you didn't have a bus service or a bus network around you and you really 100% relied on your car. Uh, it's about time uh, that they cut excise and VAT. I'm watching diesel rise stupid quick. Some stations put signs on their pumps saying out of order until the prices are raised. It's not, no, well, I mean, how do you know that? They might have run out as well, you know, there's a short. Anyway, it's not like they just purchased the fuel, but they keep changing the prices on fuel to make as much profit as they can, while every day people are paying nearly two euro a litre. Even before this whole Ukraine mess, fuel was going up and up. Uh, why would they care about petrol and diesel prices when they have chauffeur-driven cars paid for us and they can claim travel expenses paid for us by us, the working people? We get a measly 200 from electric and they hope, you know, but that's the credit on your bill. And they hope that will keep us quiet. No doubt they will get pay rises to cover the cost of living again paid by us. It's like they're laughing in the faces of all of the working people with their middle fingers raised, says Susan. And Michael says, cut tax on fuel prices before you bring the country to a standstill, for God's sake. And then call a general election. That would be very helpful. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. It's ridiculous. I used to fill my tank for 50 euro. Um, now it's 53 euro for half a tank. I'm a single mom working full time to pay my bills with little left over. Uh, and now this. Um, actually, I'm getting petrol prices from all over the country. The Midlands and certainly Kildare seems to be taking a hammering. I imagine that Dublin's probably the dearest. While the greedy government take, is raking in the notes, the rest of the country's on its knees. What kind of government doesn't help its citizens when they're desperate? Vote them out. Put an ordinary working man in power. Watch the country blossom, says Dave. Reams of these. Keep them coming. Back to the phone as we go. Adam, good morning. 
morning. How are you, Neil? I'm good, man. You went out for a bit of a drive yesterday, was it? Yeah, I, no, I'm I'm basically in Lazard, right? So I have two picks of petrol stations, and they're both so okay. No, I my wife lives in McCroom. So I took the kids out for a walk to Farnham Woods, lovely place. It is. And uh, everything like that. I driving past uh, Lazarda Circle K, and it was at the time one eighty six for diesel and one eighty nine for petrol. One eighty six, one eighty nine. Okay, right. So that yeah. was fine. And I went in there after um, after the walk yesterday. I got twenty four euros diesel. No, I only got two bars of diesel out of that. What do you mean by two and bars? You mean on the on the yeah. mileometer? On the, on the mileometer. The petrol gauge, you mean, sorry. Yeah. Petrol gauge. 150 cans is what all I got. Yeah, yeah. And all I'm driving is a 1.5 seven-seater car. And when did it go up then from the 186 to 196 and from that, 189 that, to 199? That's the funny thing. I was coming out of my wife's house this morning and inside... McCroom's Circle K, the, pet, the, the petrol was 196.9 and the diesel was 199.9. So the diesel was dearer than the petrol. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Was that a different petrol station or the same one? Circle K, it was a, a different yeah. Circle K in McCroom. Yeah, yeah. So it does. It means that, like, if you if you shot, if you get petrol or diesel in Circle K garages all the time, it doesn't mean you'll set, you'll pay the same price in the different Circle K garages. No, no. Why is that? Is it that because they're getting their deliveries at different times, or what? I, uh, to be honest, I don't know. Like some Circle K, they say that's their own by the same company. I don't think that they are. No, but there'd be local franchises then, you see. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So one could be Alondis, say, and the other one could be Centra. That's right, that's right. Okay, well, I'm actively trying to find the dearest and the cheapest this morning, so I hope people will text on that. Text 0868104106. Thanks, Adam, appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, no, dearest is not on three, lads, because I'm trying to pull her in here, so as soon as you get her well and good. Um, Then there are people who are texting and saying, I do a 125-kilometer round trip to work every day day. This is crippling me. I'm spending almost 5,000 euro per annum just driving to and from work. Mother of God. It will be a lot more with the price increases, says Amy. It certainly will. Five grand a year driving to and from work. I mean, I don't know whether you've considered like an electric car, you know, if you're you, you know, like, uh, I know they're not cheap. You're talking 40, 50, 60 grand for an electric car. Uh, so keep them coming. Text 0868 104, 106. Uh, I think she's there now. Yes. Deirdre, good morning. Can you hear me, Deirdre? Maybe it's Donald, no? Okay, we'll try line four and see if we can get Deirdre later. Donald, good morning. How are you doing? Just only suggestion, only for what is work. I'm sorry, we're butting in. You're not butting in at all. You are not. Well, I, you know, but Paddy's Day is coming up, right? They'll be reviewing Stand Inside and Patrick's Street, we presume. Yeah. They will. Populated, populated by so-called dignitaries. But we must remember also. <laughs> yeah, well, we must also remember that the people put these dignitaries into positions that's of power true. and influence. That's true. You know? That's true. And the time the time has come, like, to, um, hopefully, but to readjust our votes. Let's bring it very politely. 
What's that got to do with uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade? Though? Well, the, well, the thing about it is, if, if there was some floats passing by, uh, you know, uh, stating stating the the cost of fuel and so forth, and you know, make these things known to these people on stands, you know, sort of how shall I put it? An unsavory float passed by us there. Yeah, you know, but is that kind of like almost? Disrespectful to our national day to be using it for. When you see, you have to use you, you have to use our, our these times for to make adjustments, Neil. How, how else are you going to let them know? Because maybe they don't listen. To, maybe they don't listen to any radios anywhere. Maybe they don't give a, a darn what comes out on the television. Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, as I say, it is just a suggestion. If it's thrown into the lee, I can't do much about it. Okay, some kind of a protest during the St. Patrick's Parade at the cost of living in Ireland. Yeah. Okay, let's see what well, people make you it. Know, okay. You know, I mean, I, I, I presume there could be, there's a lot more surround than that. Yeah, and yeah. The cost, but living, the cost of living in this country is out of control. As you well as you well know yourself, total control. Like, Without a doubt, you know Without, how much of that? How much of that is is to blame on our government, though? <sighs> Percentage of it, you know. I mean, it could get a lot worse. Like it could get a lot worse. I mean, there's some people say they are three, three, three euro uh, a liter. Maybe it might go to four euro a liter. Who knows? Like. I understand, and I, and I understand that, and it's uh, it's a worry, of course, because it's literally choice between putting food on the table or having a warm home yeah, or yeah, being able to I, get I to and from work. There's, there's people, and I would think in an awful way in this country, an awful way. All right, okay. I think I have uh, Deirdre now. Thank you, Donald. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Why are you frustrated and angry? Oh, I just uh, yeah, I'm so angry about it. It's the people that can afford to go out and buy an electric car are the people that aren't going to be affected by the increase, you know? I mean, a normal person can't afford to go off and spend 40 to 60 grand on a car. I mean, we're lucky to have a 10-year-old car, you know? Yeah, the price is out of reach of many people. Yeah. 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 In spite of the fact that you you do get some grants, but they cut way back on the grants as well. Yeah, and it's just, it's, it's the people at the bottom are being kicked down further, you know? It's, we're, we're, we're the ones being penalised like they're bringing these extra sanctions because we don't have electric cars but we can't afford to have an electric car so you know we're being penalised for something that's beyond our control if you know what I mean Well one thing that's beyond is, that is within everybody's control is the 126 that the government takes on every litre of petrol um, and they still remain sitting on their hands about doing anything about that yeah, and I mean, apart like from... Like, no, if there was no excise duty or VAT on fuel right now, people would be able to fill up their fuel tanks, people would be able to fill up their uh, home heating tanks, and you'd fill your car, and the cost of the litre of petrol to you would be something in the region of 68 cent a litre. Yeah, I was saying as well that, um, you know, the apart from the cost, we live in a terraced house with no driveway. And you can only park at one side of the road, which is the opposite side of the road to our house. So how how can we even charge an electric car if we did actually have oh, yeah. the money to mean. buy one? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like the government are implementing these things without actually factoring in real world um, circumstances, you know? Yeah, and the real world circumstances, 
don't be talking about electric cars to somebody that has a 12 year old car because that's all they can afford yeah yeah, yeah. exactly good point exactly. well made thank you for that back after the break text 0868104106 this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show at Neil Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, I just want to move over to a different screen here now because uh, way over on my right hand side, just fix this mic here. I've got the Track and Trace app, app up here and the Arctic and the van have now split and gone separate ways. The Cork Ukraine aid van, which is the van with the big um, space-like trailer on the back of it, that is now traveling um, further north heading for Warsaw, with pharmaceutical aid that's needed. This is the aid that was collected in Cork that is now being brought to Warsaw, where it would be distributed in Poland to refugees who need it. They're travelling at 92 kilometres. Uh, they've had uh, 16 and a half hours on the engine now, travelling so far, uh, and they have travelled over well over uh, a 1,000 kilometres. Um, what else am I seeing here? So they're currently going, they are doing 92 kilometres. Meanwhile, the Cork Ukraine Arctic has is doing 87 kilometers an hour. It's at 16 hours on the engine. This is since they left uh, Bandon. They've traveled well over a thousand um, kilometers and they are in and around, uh, where's the, but yeah, one is north of Dusseldorf and Cologne and the Arctic is south of Dusseldorf and Cologne. So the Arctic is traveling kind of like southeast at this stage and will eventually go around Nuremberg, I see. And then probably in around Munich, probably not, probably not through it, maybe around it, Bratislava and places like that. So it's incredible to watch it, the trackandtrace.ie app, and you can watch it through their um, social media channels and also on the Red FM Facebook. And I think you can also track it through the Red FM website. So that's where they're at. And make it, it's great to watch them because oh, both of those icons represent Cork age that was gathered in a 24-hour period at the back end of last week, and that was an incredible achievement as well. So text 0868104106, pick up the phone on our brand new number, 0818104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Grainne, good morning. Hi, Neil. I was just listening to you there about that truck. My God, isn't it brilliant? It's fantastic. Just, it's fantastic We're just it. an incredible nation of people, really. Yeah. It's brilliant to watch it on the screen. Yeah. You can, like, you can track the speed they're travelling yeah. at, the amount of miles they've done, the amount of hours on the clock since they started in Bandon. Absolutely. It's all in real time, track and trace. It's fantastic. You know, I mean, we really don't, like, I suppose... We are a nation who could be just saying, you know what, we have enough to be dealing with now on our own plates, but we don't. Yeah, I know. know. We don't because we've been there, I suppose, and we know what it's like to not be able to call your house your own. For those that can can afford it, they do. You know, not everybody can afford to dig deep into the bank accounts. No, they can't. At this stage now, home heating oil has become a luxury item. Absolutely. I mean, I I was only saying to Seamus, they're like, I couldn't tell you the last time I was able to get oil. Couldn't tell you. I actually don't know. I actually do not know how long it is since I turned on my rad. Now, I have other heaters in the room and stuff that appear on my ESB bill, but I, I You haven't can't. put a drop of oil in a tank in six no, years. No, no, not but a yet, But yet you're probably running very expensive air blow, blow heaters, are you like... No, no, I have oil ones with thermostats on them and I only just air, I only plug them in as I need them. I don't, and like, like we would like to fire every night anyway, like, and it's not a cold house. We got insulation done, Eric, well, seven or eight years ago, so we were lucky. It's not a cold house. Yeah, yeah. That we're in, but like, I mean, you're talking to what make it worth your while. What do you do for hot water, though? 
um, the immersion, boil the kettle. You know, I mean, what can you do? Like you're talking about needing four or five hundred euros and that's not even to fill the tank. Like, or do you pay your car tax or do you pay your uh, ESP bill? No. (laughs) Or do you go shopping and feed everybody? You know, like, what do you do? You have to, as it was like Katrina Toomey was saying the other day, you know, no people are budgeting their budget. Yet they're taking something like 126. Yeah. 1 euro 26 out of every 2 euro litre of petrol. The government. I have never seen, I mean, I actually find their whole attitude, it's, it's sadistic. I actually think at this stage, and I know that's a very harsh word to use, but I actually find their attitude sadistic. I mean, they are willing to give vulture funds and bankers a break who made profits of billions last year and who are probably going to want to increase interest rates on mortgages in the next couple of months, according to David Hall. But they get billions and they get tax breaks. You know what I mean? But they can't give you, me and everybody else just going about their job, paying their bills. We get nothing. Only more money taken out of your wages. You say if they, were, if they were running the Sahara, there'd be a shortage of sand. I am. Uh, I'm telling you, I saw that the other day somewhere and I just thought, you know what? That is the most accurate thing I have seen in a very long time. They would run out of sand in five years or they'd be taxing you for it. Mm. Like, I just find their attitude is so... It's cruel. I, and I mean, look at I don't have a bad lifestyle. I don't. I have a good life. I have a great family. I have a lovely house. And I'm very, very lucky. But... And I appreciate every single thing I have. But we're not loaded. I drive the car. I can afford to drive. Like that girl that you were just talking to. I drive the car I drive because that's what I can afford. I don't owe anybody a penny for it. And I don't see why I should have to take out a loan and put myself into debt for a car I don't want. Well, you pay a lot of tax in this country. And there's an awful lot of taxes that people forget that they're paying. Like, for instance, you pay tax on all sorts of pensions. You pay very, very high income tax in this country. You have this this universal social charge that was supposed to be temporary. Temporary, So whatever whatever tax you pay, you can can certainly add up to an extra 9% um, taxation because of the universal social charge. You you pay tax on your... Prescriptions, for instance, yeah. at a chemist. You and you, go pay your shopping bill, pay for your clothes, and you pay more VAT. You pay VAT on most things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that. You but, know, you know. You also say, for instance, would pay. Uh, what other kind of taxation? Oh, yeah, you pay. There's a um, an insurance levy that you have to pay. So there's, yeah, there's also there is. there isn't. There's probably. Oh, and there's also extra taxes paid on your gas and electric. Outside of, say, for instance, yeah. excise and VAT. There are all of these different little charges all over the place. And that's before you get near if somebody in the family passes on and you have to get into property and sorting out houses and all that kind of stuff. Sure, it's nearly not worth your while. Ah, but that would be, that would be, to, yeah, that would be asset Yeah, tax. but it's still a yeah. chunk. Yeah. yeah, but it's still, you can't even die tax-free in this country anymore. Yeah. You pay a, Do you know you, what I mean? You, you pay for your water now, which was unheard of before. Like, I mean, I just, I just cannot help but wonder, where does this stop? Where do we, where does it actually, and I mean, I I don't, I I don't see people mass protesting at the moment because people are still cautious with, with COVID and everything, and that's fair enough. But I just don't, I don't know how this ends. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know where, where is the, the point where we say, 
stop. Well, what does that stop include? Is it does it also include people not being able to afford a home? I mean, you look already; they can cap a pint. In, they can cap the price of a bottle of wine per unit of alcohol from little, but they cannot cap the rent. I mean, the people are paying are being crippled by. They're, that, to me, tells me everything I need to know about where the priorities are for this government. And it's getting they worse, are not you know, because with me and you. you know the they way are was, with we, their own people. Remember, you remember there was a kind of an eviction freeze because of COVID. That's mm-hmm. gone. That's gone. gone. Now. And I was reading in the Irish Times yeah. this morning and they just came up with a figure where they said more than 600 landlords told tenants to move out yeah. because they were putting the property for sale in the last three months of yeah. last year alone. And to where? There is nowhere. There is 100,000 houses empty in this country, which would more, more than accommodate every single person that needs a home and they're sitting there because they, there is just no motivation to solve the problem. There is not. They're the motivations of the government maybe it's currently, just too big. as maybe I it's see just too it, big for them. Maybe it's just too big for their heads. It, it is, but like nobody starts off a marathon by running it in one go. They start off by train by doing a mile and two oh, miles and oh, three miles. Start oh, and here's small. another one: you get charged a hundred euro if you go into the A and E. Oh, I forgot that. Or an ambulance? Don't you have to pay now if you phone an ambulance? You do. You do. Yeah, you do. there's another one. You do. Yeah. I know, I know not, I'm forgetting lots of them. There's many more than that. No, but I, I, I mean, look at, where does it stop? This, I mean, you could list them, you could sit there and list them all day and you'd keep coming up with new ones. There is absolutely no doubt we would keep coming up with new ones. But like, where does it stop? I don't know. Where, I don't know. where does I don't it actually know. stop? Because people cannot sustain much more of this. They just can't. I had a fantastic and story last week and, and you know, I'm, I'm not whinging or complaining or anything. It's a fantastic thing for people who go overseas. I heard a story of a chap who left Ireland I don't know, yeah. eight, maybe eight, nine years ago, right? Went yeah. to, he went to Australia. He ended up in a, in a job that he went out there without any qualifications for. I think yeah. he ended up mining. You know where you go to Australia, okay. you go out in the mines. Yeah, and you, the Northern Territory. Is that you go? Yeah. You would have gone out there as a as a, as a twenty something year old. You'd have to coffee. know someone to get in up there, like. But, but anyway, it's a great job so, if you can do it. <laughs> and I think you you might work two weeks very hard and then two weeks off, kind of thing. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, there's nothing up there. But I saw video footage last week of his home. You know. And it's the most incredible house yeah. and home. And yeah. he's married now with small children. And yeah. he's got a big swimming pool in the back garden. <laughs> that's it. And I mean, that's probably it's, quite normal. It's, it probably is quite normal. Yeah. Um, and maybe he just got worked really hard and got a great job. But what yeah. opportunities would a, would a young person get here? Like the, like of, the lifestyle that he now has in Australia. You know? Like my son turned around to me, he's nine of the day, and said, "Mom, I want to be an electrician." And I said, "Thank Christ, thank God, <laughs> I am delighted." Encourage he's quite him. a practical child, in fairness. So that's keep that young fella out of college. <laughs> keep him out of college. Get him in, get him in, and making money in a trade as soon as he can. He loves money, Neil. He loves it. He loves money. So that'll work out quite yeah, well. Yeah, but for make him. sure that he's a good but apprentice now. I don't want to oh, hear. Yeah. I oh, heard yeah. a story last week of uh, new apprentices <laughs> that are out on jobs, and their mammies are calling in sick for them on a Monday morning. Uh, for God's Do not sake. tolerate yeah, not, any of that nonsense. I'm not that kind of parent. <laughs> well, apparently they're out there. They're out there, I'm told. 
<laughs> oh, they are, and and far more of them than would be ideal, I'd imagine. Mammy calling um, in sick for her oh, apprentice yeah. Johnny. Yeah, oh, like great. his godfather trained to be an electrician, and he works now for a big company between Sweden and Ireland. And like that, no, he has a whole he has a house up in Leaflet. That's where they're from, and the most fabulous house. And he has the best lifestyle, driving beautiful car. And it all started with him training to be an electrician. Well, listen, you beat that young Flint of Foss or Thomas, whoever it is. Chase him, chase him in there with an ash plant. I'm telling you. Take care, Grania. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Bye. Bye. It's two euro eight cent for diesel in Dublin now. That's since we came on the air this morning. Two euro eight cent a liter. You couldn't make it up. Calling Red FM Studio. Call the new number. 0818-104-106. And you can text 0868-104-106. That's what Donny Dorgan did. Hello, Neil. This is Donny Dorgan here from Donovan's Road. It's my wife's birthday on Saturday, and she said to celebrate, she wanted me to take her somewhere expensive. So I took her to a petrol station. Boom, boom. Thank you for that, Donny. Uh, lots of texts on different topics, including the huge collective effort at the back end of last week. Uh, I would like to say thank you to the crew. I brought two van loads of uh, face masks, sanitizers, duvets and really heavy blankets that people donated to me for street angels and toiletries. I got a lot of it over Christmas. I was delighted to be able to help to get it to others who need it. So that also was uh, uh, part of the Ukraine appeal down at uh, Maham Point. Uh, well done for it. Uh, if you get a chance as part of the local collection by Middleton Educate Together, uh, we managed to fill a van load of supplies. Uh, would you please, on behalf of the school, thank all of those who contributed? This is Middleton Educate Together National School. It was amazing to witness such a response to our call out. It proves time and time again the power and generosity of a beautiful community. And that's from Tommy Kennedy at Middleton Educate Together. Happy to do that. I bought nappies. I bought wipes. But listening to the people in the know on television, cash is what they want. So I also donated to the Red Cross online. Well, you ticked a lot of boxes, Kay, and well done for doing it. Uh, just quickly, back to the phone lines we go. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good. You have a question. What question did you wish to pose? Uh, well, all these fuel prices, uh, are the truckers out falling off the face of the earth? Because a few months ago, they were up in arms and they were blocking cities and... No, you don't hear anything from them. And it's gone there and older than it was. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, people generally involved in freight, not necessarily those yeah. that are transporting petrol or uh, diesel. Like, was there some deal done with the freight companies back when they met the government? Because they are very quiet on all this, like. But that's another thing that you mentioned, actually, and rightly so, that with the cost of fuel going up, say diesel, for instance, it means that people are going to high, pay yet again higher prices for things that we buy in supermarkets. Yeah, you know, so it's like they just there's there's nothing coming out of the air side of the argument, you know. Why aren't the trucking companies protesting? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Good point. Good point. Well made. Okay. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. It's costing me 25 euro extra a week in diesel to get to work, which means I have to work another two hours overtime just to cover that. That's two hours away from my family. I get paid 50 euro for those two hours, of which the government takes 25 euro. I buy diesel with the other 25, of which the government takes half of that. So for the two hours I work away from my family, the government takes 37 euro 50 out of the 50 euro I've earned, says Stephen. Uh, 
that is a fantastic analogy and a really great way to pay it to to explain it because it really just explains 100% why it just doesn't make any sense for you to do the extra work. The government, the more you work, the government takes in fuel and indeed in taxation. Um, a lot of other people are trying to pull their weight on what's happening with regards to Russia in Ukraine because you have Russia and then you have an area that isn't Russia and that's Ukraine. Now, some Russians might see it differently. Putin certainly does. But I noticed it, or the lads showed me this morning um, that uh, uh, this is Harry Baby who have a new T-shirt out now. And the T-shirt is um, big blue icon on the front of the T-shirt which says Russia. So you have Russia on the map. And down on the southwest, cor- southwest corner of it is Ukraine. So they say Russia and not Russia. And the area that isn't Russia clearly is Ukraine. I hope I'm explaining it. But they said that we've been affected and deeply shocked by the, shocked by the brutal invasion of Ukraine by Russia. As each day goes by, countless innocent Ukrainians are being displaced. So we've designed a T-shirt in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. So with that in mind, we've taken inspiration from our Cork Not Cork T-shirt. You know the one? So the Cork Not T-shirt, Not Cork T-shirt has been changed now to Russia, Not Russia. And they're selling them. It's a limited edition print. There's only a hundred of them, of these T-shirts. And all of the profits will be donated to a suitable charity. They've chosen the Irish Red Cross Ukrainian Crisis Appeal as the most suitable organization to receive the funds for the sale of each T-shirt. So a single donation will be made by Harry Babies when the shirt is sold out. And they've only got a hundred of them. And if you want to buy one of them, they're 28 euro and you can get them on the Harry Baby website. This would be Russia, not Russia. So good luck to them with all of that. Um, a lot of people were commenting then on, um, you know, uh, refugees that were coming into the country and issues relating to how we would deal with them. I hope to get an opportunity to go through those uh, throughout the course of the morning. But I did mention on Friday, um, just when we were coming off air, because everybody was collecting whether it was all of the different necessities for Ukrainian families or else putting money together to give to the Irish Red Cross because uh, they're on the ground like many other charities are. And we were chatting about this and the success of the collection in Mahan. I got word that uh, Casey's Furniture on Oliver Plunkett Street wanted to donate €10,000 to the Irish Red Cross to help the Irish Red Cross teams on the ground in Ukraine. Now, €10,000 is a lot of money. Now, it's not the first time that they've given over money like this. Um, they blew me away there a couple of Christmases ago when they gave me 10 grand to give to uh, Cork Penny Dinners, which I thought was an incredible act of charity. So they haven't been found wanting again. I'm just joined by uh, David Casey from Casey's just to update on this um, because we've set up a GoFundMe and I'll tell you more about that in a second. But David, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? That is, that is a, an incredible amount of money. If it were a thousand euro, it would have been an incredible amount of money. But ten thousand euro. Why are you motivated to give so much? I suppose, like everybody else, Neil, we're we're watching in horror with what's going on in Ukraine, and it, it's just it's just beyond belief. In twenty twenty two, this can happen, and I suppose seeing mothers going across the border to Poland with their young children and looking at their faces, we felt as a small family business, it's something we should do, and I think. You know, I think if we all do a small bit, it'll make a big difference. You know, we're very fortunate that we're 100 years in business, which is very important to us. Uh, and I think we all need to give a bit. It's, yeah. I think it just really is very, very important. Yeah. And I just think it's, it's horrendous what's going on there. I, d- I mean, the response from Corkonians has been astonishing, hasn't it? I mean, I'll never forget the back end of last week. 
Somebody to suggest on air that we would get a big red bus down to Mahan on a Thursday morning and by four o'clock the next afternoon, it was absolutely chocker. We had to get 12 extra vans. It was astonishing, I, uh, the response. No, Cork people, Cork people are extraordinary. They have great uh, integrity and um, they know when something isn't right and they, they're well able to put their hands in their pockets. And I suppose that's what we're asking them to do. You know, we set a target of 20,000 euros We've made half of it, the money's there, and we've set up to go from the page with, with, with your good selves, which is great. You know, there's a link on our website which will bring you people to the GoFundMe page, and on our social channels, we'll be telling people how to do it. So we're appealing to our customers and the people of Cork and Cork businesses, you know, let's get behind it. Let's get the money to the Red Cross where they need it. Because basic things like running water deal, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem. You know, things that we take for granted. We go to a tap, we turn on the water. In Ukraine, that's going to be a big issue shortly. Yeah, you might have baby formula in the press, for instance, whereas Ukrainians don't. Yes, yeah, no, it's, it's, I suppose what really struck a chord with me on a personal level was this mother going across the border with Poland. You know, one of the child was bawling, crying, and yeah. the, the look of, you know, how frightened it's in the It's in the front page of the Red Tops this morning, that photograph. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah it's, it's, just, it's, it's just beyond belief. So, you know, Cork people are fantastic. They're very, very uh, generous, and um, you, know, you know, we're asking them, you know, if, if do what they can, be really great, and let's see if we can get to that twenty thousand. We'd be delighted if we could. Okay, and Red Cross will use that then to, as you say, put it towards medicine, to put it towards shelter, to put it towards sleeping bags, towards food, uh, yes. water, yeah, yeah. baby formula, painkillers, yeah. calpol. You know, the list yeah. is endless. Yes, exactly. The, the, all the things that we take for granted. These people now don't have, which they had last week. I agree with you one hundred percent. So there's ten grand now from Casey's gone into GoFundMe.com forward slash Cork Ukraine Fund. The idea is to double that in the coming days. Yeah, Yeah. let's see if we can double it. It's a big, it's a big ask. I know we're asking people to to dig deep, but let's see if we can do it. Wouldn't it be fantastic achievement for? for the people of Cork to get this money out to the Red Cross so they can get it where it's... Yes, I think it would be for the people of Cork, but I also think that the businesses in Cork now have an opportunity to donate, don't they? Just like you, other Cork businesses are those that have a branch or are based here in Cork. I know, I think a lot of Cork businesses are probably, you know, they don't know which way to go and how to get in behind it. So we feel this is a vehicle to allow them to do that. It's, you know, with you guys running it, uh, the GoFundMe page, it's going to the Red Cross. It's very clear. There's no ambiguity with it. So, you know, we would appeal to Cork business. And I know there's lots of them out there who just want to get in behind it. So let's get in behind this one and let's get the money in. Okay. Whatever it is, anything, every few few euros makes all the difference. Okay. You've motivated people, I hope, to dig as much as they can, to dig I yet again, hopefully. once again. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. But, but as I said, go to our website, go to your website. See it in our social channels. We'll email our, our database. Let's get in behind it. We're really appealing to people. Okay. It's shared on both of our social media accounts. Chat in the next couple of days, David. And thank you so much on behalf of everybody to Casey's Furniture. So, GoFundMe is live. It's ready to take donations. It can be found by searching Cork Ukraine Fund on GoFundMe. Get on to GoFundMe, Cork Ukraine Fund. It'll also be shared on the Red FM and Casey's social media channels. It is right now. I'm appealing to people of Cork, but also I'm very much appealing to businesses. Some, um, you know, some businesses out there wouldn't miss 500 euro, wouldn't miss a grand. Now, I'm not saying all, but some of the big ones would be able to find it. No problem at all. And this is a time for you to talk to those in control of the money, to talk to your financial officers within your companies and to 
put together some money and give it to the Cork Ukraine Fund. All right. Um, I see them coming in already, which is terrific. So I'll update on that in a few in a few minutes time. All we're asking is to take the Casey's 10 grand and to double it to 20 grand. And hopefully that's possible with the people of Cork. And again, without over-laboring the point, the businesses of Cork, some of whom are listening right now who would not miss a grand or miss 500 or two grand um, and would be hopefully happy uh, to pass it on. Also, there are, um, you know, there, there, I think there's a, there's a, I know there's a tax deduction with regards to contributions for charities like the Red Cross. So think about all of that. And back to the phone lines we go. Karen's on five. Karen, good morning. Hi, Neil. I spoke, yeah, I did speak I'm, to Vika last week. Um, I'm actually ringing on behalf of her. Do you know what? No, she's actually just so upset to even call you. She was going to call herself this morning, but she can't even Okay, speak. now to remind, just so remind us again, Vika and her friend and her friend's child, her friend's son, were travelling out they're, of they're Ukraine. Home. They got home on Thursday evening. Um, she's got here and she had another friend, with a girl who was coming on Thursday. Now my mum and dad are taking them in on Thursday evening. So Vika um, and her friend and the child have already made it to Cork. They have made it here and she's and that friend is living now with Vika and her family in Balancholic. Right. Now she had another friend that she appealed for on Friday with a little ten year old girl that are coming this Thursday and my mum and dad have agreed to take them. Okay, okay, okay. And are but they on their, are they on their way? They're they're in Poland and they've got flights booked for Thursday evening to come into Shannon. And the predicament so is what? Well, accommodation, I suppose. So, no, so we have accommodation for them. So now the problem is Vika now has a cousin and his wife and two kids and he's on dialysis. They have two little boys. They're now looking for accommodation for them and they fly in on Friday. They have flights booked, but they have no accommodation. So they're looking to see would somebody put them up. So, so she just asked if I would call you on the radio. So I said, look, I'll ring and I'll see. Is there any way that someone might want to help them. So these friends that are coming are coming it's from... It's actually Vika's cousin. It's her mum's uh, brother's daughter and her husband and so two her, kids. So her cousin, her husband, the two yeah, kids... Yeah, and their two kids. They have two boys. They're 11 and 9. One and of the boys uh, is the on hu- dialysis. No, it's the husband is on husband's dialysis. on dialysis. Misfortune. Yeah, so he'd be, he'd be receiving treatment in hospital when he gets there. He's very sick. Has that so dialysis hoping- treatment been already booked in and everything? Well, she just said to me that he'd be receiving treatment when he gets here okay. for dialysis, okay. but that he is sick. So they're looking, they're actually even willing, if, if they need to, they're willing to split up and go to two different homes. This is a husband and wife and two children. How old are the kids? So it's two boys, they're 11 and 9. But they'd be willing to split up if it meant that it, just to get them a home and safety until they get started. Okay, okay. So on Vika's behalf, you're appealing to Cork people yeah. who might have accommodation for husband and wife and two children. Yeah. From next, this coming Friday. They're, they're arriving into Shannon on this Friday. Now, they, there's somebody going to collect them and all and to bring them here to Cork. But they just at the moment have no accommodation. And God knows how long they'll be here. Yeah. Yeah, like we're taking in this girl and her little girl and we don't know how long she's going to be here like we're starting out now getting her into school and that at the moment Is there English? So very little they have English but it's very very little Fairness to them they have more English than I have and they literally have nothing No, I just want to thank the community of Glamour because what they've given over the weekend for the mother and daughter coming has been unbelievable But you're taking them 
if they're going to live with my mom and dad. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's to Cork people who might be in a position to help a husband who's on dialysis and a wife and their two children who arrive into Shannon yeah. on Friday. Yeah. With some form of accommodation, either somewhere to live or they're willing to split up until they yeah. find somewhere more permanent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see yeah. who's out there that may be able to help. Um, well, if, if somebody good, reaches out with, if somebody reaches out with a hotel room, is that a problem? No, they'll take any anything because at the moment they've got nowhere to go. Okay, so this is to people's homes or indeed holiday homes or perhaps a hotel. Yeah. Okay, because hotels have been very helpful to me in the past. They may reach out. Okay, brilliant. Okay. That's brilliant. Thanks so much for your help. Not at all, Karen. I'll get back to you. Thanks. Anybody in a position to help, text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Yes, indeed. Text 0868104106. The world that we live in. I saw something there recently. It was quite disturbing. It was a, a thread that was up on uh, Twitter where somebody was saying, imagine applying for a double room costing €800 Euro per month in Cork City and you're asked these kind of questions. So it's bad enough that it's 800 euro in Cork City just for a double room. There was a, there was a time, of course, not too long ago when you'd have got a house for that. and You certainly got a, a fairly decent apartment. But what are the kind of questions they're being asked, apparently? Well, the questions are, are you currently working from home or what's the work situation? Another question. Tell me a little about yourself. Another one. A normal weekday evening for you looks like what? I mean, what businesses have anybody's to ask these questions? Why are you hoping to move home or house to Cork? Another one. Are you a Saturday night or a Sunday morning person? Is this for real? Um, Tell me a little bit about yourself. A normal weekend evening looks like what to you? Uh, And there are more. Um, Can you provide landlord references which are required by the management agency? And the list of questions just goes on and on. It is, I mean, I suppose they can ask these kind of questions because they can be so choosy and picky about who they put into their properties. Anyway, text 0868104106. I just mentioned earlier on this morning um, Cork's hairy babies, babies who have done a bit of a spin on the original Cork, not Cork t-shirt and they've created an equivalent one for Russia, not Russia as they stand with Ukraine. And they've only uh, apparently released a limited edition amount of these t-shirts. I believe it's 100. So I think they'll probably sell out very, very quickly. Just a quick update actually. Well, I thought Darrow was on line three but he's not. Anyway, they've given us three to give away uh, to drive sales. This is a not-for-profit t-shirt. So I think maybe uh, this is as good a time as any to perhaps give the T-shirts away as one of the last things to do this morning. I think he's on two now. Dara, good morning. How are you, Liam? They'll, yep. se- they'll sell out like they probably have already, have they? They did. <laughs> we, did no, we, we, we did 100 yesterday and we put in another 100 today. So we're, we're hoping to sell the 200, which is looking good. Have I explained it properly or have I made it more confusing than ever? It's a spin-off from the Cork Not Cork t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we created the Cork Not Cork t-shirt about eight years ago, I think, at this stage. Um, it's been very popular. But yeah, this is a spin on that. So it's, it's, it's you know, Russia, not Russia. It's, it's kind of doing it in reverse, you know, the way we're first proud that it's Cork Not Cork, but we're kind of doing This is the other way around. So it's kind of, it's making a statement. You feel you feel that emotionally committed, like that. You feel okay. This is what we can do to help. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's not really much we can do other than than what we do and do do very well, which is you know t-shirts. But so we're doing this as a not-for-profit venture, and and our aim is to raise five k. 
and at the moment we're, we're, we're just coming up close on 4k so if we can do another 50 shirts today <laughs> we, we, we'll hit the 5k mark so, so get it out there Neil <laughs> easy peasy just to clear it and will you leave it at the 200 or will you drive on uh, no, we, we'll probably have to leave it because we can't be doing this indefinitely. We, we'll be broke. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot so about we, that. You know, yeah, we, we, we're a business again. You do day. have a business it's to run. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if somebody wants to snaffle one of the last remaining T-shirts, yeah. a €28 Euro pop, how can they do so? Just hop on to hairybaby.com. Everyone knows the address, hopefully. Uh, listen, it's a fantastic offer giving me three to give away. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no problem. No how, problem how do you want to work that? Do you want to get them into me or what? I will, we'll, we'll send. No, actually, do you know something? If, if you want to get your three winners, you send them out to us and we'll send them straight out. I'll open the phone lines right now this second. We'll take callers 10, 11 and 12 on 0818 for our three Hairy Babies t-shirts. For everybody else, buy them. And you can buy two. them again. Where, what's, the, what's the web address again? It's hairybaby.com. Couldn't be simpler. Nice one, Dara. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank Take you. care. Cheers Thanks for now. Get well. dialing on that one. 0818 104 106. When they're gone, they're gone, but there still are some left at hairybaby.com. It's a pun on the cork, not cork. Russia, not Russia. Um, I'm going to love you and leave you just with another few texts and emails uh, on different topics. One of the things we touched on on Friday was the Opera House not taking cash. And it was rather unfortunate for people, particularly of a certain age group, who were at a gig which was Ronan Collins' showband gig, um, where they didn't have cards with them. They literally, over a generation, where they carry cash around. I know so many people who get caught out in Cork restaurants with this new policy as well of no cash allowed. I would never return to any of them. Many of my friends in their 40s couldn't get over that they were only accepting cards. Do we need to remind them cash is legal tender and this new policy is very discriminatory? Why don't they want to hold cash? Is it security reasons? With regards to the Opera House, I was there last week for Sarah Millican. Uh, it was also card only, which is okay, but you're not allowed to bring any alcoholic drinks in with you during the show, even in plastic glasses. But you could bring in non-alcoholic. When I questioned this, I was told it was because people pass around alcoholic drinks during the show and staff were extremely rude and abrupt. A mask had to be worn while sitting down during the show and staff were going around checking. I found this very strange. Isn't it strange, Neil, because restrictions have been completely removed by then? Um, yeah, I know. I mean, what we have found, though, is that a lot of the time it's down to the discretion of the company or the establishment that you visit. Uh, and other ones here, cash is legal tender. How is anybody allowed in this day and age to get away with not accepting cash? So all that and lots more besides. My apologies to those that I didn't get to this morning on the air uh, just by virtue of time. Uh, but uh, And also to Lisa who was due on air to chat with me. So my apologies for that. One or two other ones though that I would like to drill into again tomorrow is because of the huge amount of landlords that are now leaving um, the uh, market for reasons best known to themselves and if you're a landlord of this bailing out I'd like to know why well I shouldn't say bailing out but just getting out of um, you know renting uh, properties what's the reason behind it has it to do with the tax that needs to be paid is this a good time to get out because housing prices were never as high and it's just a good time to sell but what's happening is an awful lot of people now have been given much more they're, they're issuing an awful lot more eviction notices now uh, since the restrictions got lifted um, after the COVID restrictions were in place. So I'd like to hear from people who have been served notice and where you find yourself on that one. So do text 0868104106. If you want to tell me your story, you can email neil at redfm.ie. We've all that and lots more to do tomorrow. Three winners for you. They're gone already. Congratulations to Leona Kremen near Bearings. 
We also have uh, Colleen Foley in Carrick Navarre and Helen Leahy in Liam Lara. So those three Harry Babies t-shirts are gone. You uh, can buy them directly on the hairybabies.com website. Again, if you're interested in following the Cork age that's going to Ukraine, you can do so on our webpage, also on our Facebook page, and also through trackandtrace.ie and their social channels. And the truck and the van have split up now. Truck is heading for the Ukrainian border with Poland and the van is heading for Warsaw with much-needed medical aid. So it's made a huge difference, and well done to everybody involved. Lines will stay open on 0818 Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.